welcome to Point of Origin, episode 30, the podcast where I ask Catherine Powers from the bottom of my heart, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Garrity's the director we don't like, right? I believe, wasn't he the one we made fun of yes. for the really terrible Chalky cuts shitty editing, through the right? chasing in the Okay, cool. I, I the did forest. feel like it was a remnant. I feel like I had, it felt recent, my... Mocking of Yeah, it was the last <laughs> Catherine Powers episode. It was yeah. uh, Thor's Chariot. Yeah, I thought I... Okay, quote. I will right. say, there is one moment where I actually made a note about liking a visual. Honestly, that was the funny thing. It's because I was about... I gave him literally one point of good directing his entire episode. I'm going to think it's <laughs> hilarious if we do the same thing, but we'll find out because mine's near yeah. the end. But yeah, what the fuck, Catherine? Because... What the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, I... Here's the thing. I did bring this up to you in the extended version that I was purposely doing off of my mic, so I don't waste the entire episode doing this, because I have distinct feelings about the institution of marriage, yeah. uh, both old, present, and so on. Um, for the record, I cur- my, my belief is that, personally, it doesn't matter what I think of anybody else's marriage. You know, whatever, whatever your, your decision is, great. Yeah. With that being said, so I can potentially keep myself from being offensive <laughs> mostly just so i don't i don't want to be an asshole just because i have problems with marriage doesn't mean everybody does yeah um and you i don't want to like to right a, a like allowed to like <laughs> exactly. something yeah. that you don't and uh again for the record i don't have a problem with marriage because my parents have a shitty marriage that is just you know an addendum <laughs> I, so here's the, the whole reason why i brought this up the point there is this writing isn't like a this isn't her usual this isn't the, the thing that we hate her for style of writing. <laughs> it's kind of hard to phrase that, but it's without not... mentioning the episode exactly. that will not be named. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it, it's it, okay. It's not. Um, well, I, I started doing this. I'm gonna just call it Code of Honor because that's the TNG episode. There you go. That it's the, her first version of it, uh-huh. which is just yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna just start calling it Code of Honor again because for some reason that makes me feel better. With with Code of Honor, it's obviously you know it's got all this all of its issues. I am still wearing my mask. I just realized that. <laughs> But what kills me is the fact that how many people don't realize how many of these outdated notions and you know not just their existence, but the, like the harmful aspects uh-huh. of them. Obviously, we understand these are you know deep set problems today here in our society. Yeah. But the fact that it's just such an ingrained thing that it's just established, and I know obviously these are humans who were transplanted from other planets, from our planet, sorry, to other planets, I, I get that, but the concept of being able to explore all these cultures evolving beyond that, and yet still, she's just, it's the, all this bad writing is based on deeply ingrained problems from here, Earth, and real life mm-hmm. yeah. that make me sad, so when I say what the fuck powers, I go not just what the fuck powers, but what the fuck, Powers? You are an adult <laughs> woman who is capable of stopping and thinking and wondering to yourself, why do I never question why this is romantic or sweet? Why do I think Beauty and the Beast is a tale of love? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of shit. Not that this is reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast. No, My point there is, is, but that's something that today we've come to, the, you know, we've come to realize is gross, right? Like, we can out loud, as a majority, say it's gross. We yeah. can't always say it's gross, but now it's cool to say. Uh, Disney finally got on board, so now it's cool. Point with that is, I shouldn't say Disney got on board. They made a live action. Doesn't mean that's okay. <laughs> doesn't mean they got on board. Live action. Uh, let me refl- let me replace the Disney got on board with the world got on board. But it became an act of talking. Exactly. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> it became an act of talking point. 
this is something that is not really an active talking point, I don't think, yet. Not really. <laughs> but again, this isn't my personal belief of marriage issue. This is a deep issue about power imbalances mm -hmm. in uh, cultures. The idea that no matter what, there's always these inherent beliefs that at the end of the day, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm just tired. I'm tired of women being property, man. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> it's just exhausting. It's really exhausting. And it's just, what the fuck, Powers? Why haven't you ever stopped and thought, hey, this sucks. I want to tell a different story. I'm just, mm. I'm not mad at her for being, in, you know, ingrained. I'm not mad at, about that. I'm mad about the point. Wherever that line is that we make, no, we're no longer tell ourselves that it's okay. Like, we say, okay, they're from a different generation. They're a little racist. Okay, well, now they're actively shooting people, yeah. there's a line, you know, yeah. obviously you draw the line somewhere. Wherever that line is, I feel like sh this episode represents a moment of passing it in the sad way. Yeah, obviously this is an older show. Right. I would like to think that she's learned some better critical thinking by this point. <laughs> Here's the thing, I draw a thin line between where I do my web stalking because it's fun to lo look oh, up. Oh, I'm not your, gonna look right. at her. Yes, that's, that's the thing. I draw a line there. I look up my favorite celebrities because yeah. it's fun. Mm -hmm. Again, I look them up on Wikipedia. I don't go crazy. I don't look yeah. at the children <laughs> and the lines and their addresses. Like I don't like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like fuck it. <laughs> good old Wikipedia search, and I'm good. I don't like look into these like writers like this. Well, that, that feels like almost like creepy hate level at yeah. that point. The reason why I say that is I don't know anything about no. her. Mm -mm. I don't know anything about who she is, where she's from, and I really don't want to say one way or the other that I get like an opinion about who, she, what her decision making process yeah. would be. All I know, obviously, is what I've seen in this episode, mm -hmm. and I'd like, I in a hopeful, beautiful, in a in a perfect world, yeah, I'd like to agree with you. I just I'm sitting here and going, I don't know, man. I'd like to say so. I'd like to say at the end of the day that everybody who has fallen into these traps. And we all want to tell our, a different story about ourselves that we were like, I had dumb beliefs at one point or another. and Yeah, because we but, all grew dude, up exactly. in this society. Right. Yeah. Um, so hang on. With all that out of the way, I'm Mel. And I'm Liz. And today uh, we watched episode, season two, episode eight, Family. This thing should have been called Disposable Family. I, I'll get into it when it comes up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So tell us what happens in Family. I mean, I could tell you what happened. <laughs> but I can also read the synopsis. Oh, we're going to get into that in a minute. But what does the show say happens okay. in family? How about it? <laughs> just looking at your face. I'm just... I'm sorry. I... Maybe this is Did why... Did they watch the same show as us? <laughs> no, it's just... I'm sorry. I, I just... I've seen people do this, though. I will never understand this weird level of hyperbolic speech. And this one, it just... It's just... It's always weird to me. <clears throat> SG-1 goes on a passionate mission. What? See? <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Moving on. Goes on a passionate mission to rescue Tilk's son, Ryak, from the evil grasp of Apophis. Like how my voice goes into robot voice when I'm happy. <laughs> but when they finally reach Ryak, he doesn't want to be saved. He's been brainwashed into accepting Apophis as his god. Can Tilk find a way to win back his son? I mean, I will say, accepting Apophis as, as his god, right? Go already did before. I know, I was like, I, th I think the concept was that up until this point, they'd just kind of done the general, like, you know, like, parents just. The background religion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally, background religion. 
for example, there was actually a huge chunk of my childhood where we just, we, I mean, maybe it's just because we moved around a lot, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we just barely went to church. I never went to church. Yeah, fuck you. The point is, <laughs> background religion. religion. When I mean that, I, when I say that, I mean, just make sure we're all on the same page. Not really bothered to go to church. Not, didn't really talk about God. Didn't really, sometimes would say grace at the table. It really depended on if you had company or not. <laughs> or how hungry you were. It was like my friend who used to laugh every Hanukkah. We'd be like, oh, did you light all the candles? And he'd look at us like we're idiots and go like, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's what uh, I mean. So I always assumed it was kind of like that. And that once he was old enough to, A, not be a snitch. Sense, <laughs> and, and I mean in the sense that all kids are just natural little snitches. Don't be a snitch. Seriously, all kids are just natural little snitches. Oh, yeah. They have no filters. Even to the point where you tell them not to say it, and then they'll go up to an adult and go, Mommy told me not to say <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck, kid? And they'll look over at the mom and go like, look what I did. <laughs> I mean, kids are insane. Yeah. They have no filter. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Some of us never grow but filters. But you can't trust them with anything. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, A, you have to wait till he's old enough to be mature enough to actually understand, you know, what a secret is yeah. and why. B, um, oh, wait, hey, you've seen Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Ever the kid? Yeah. She's aware that maybe someday when he's older, he might be able to be like, you know, t- you know, understand, talk, you know, talk to, you yeah. know, understand things. But she also understands that he's an impressionable child who is surrounded by Nazi propaganda. Yeah. So she doesn't tell exactly. him. Exactly. So she doesn't tell him shit yeah. about anything. No, she made the right choice. Exactly. And she doesn't hate her kid for being a Nazi youth because she gets She knows kids. where he right. grew up. I figured that was Ryak. Yeah, no, that's And fair. I figured that was the situation with Ryak, is that when he got old enough... They'd cross that bridge when they got yeah. there. You know, to that use did seem bra- to be what they were waiting to do. Basically. Exactly. And then, so on. But I got, I get the impression that he already, quote unquote, believed Apophis to be God. Yeah. But yeah, so the same way the kids believe in Santa Claus or the, you know, Easter Bunny or mm-hmm. some non-Christian uh, imagery that I don't know because I was raised in a different, in, in that environment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, oh, this was fitting. I accidentally oh. grabbed the wrong cartridge today. Uh-huh. Trainwreck. <laughs> there you go. I have two fucking pages of notes. That's oh, yeah, how same, annoyed same. I was. And I always take a lot of notes. Well, yeah, that's you. For yeah. me, this is this is pretty good. Um, so today's episode, if you couldn't tell by my uh, impassioned intro, <laughs> was written by Catherine Powers, and it was directed once again by William Garrity. I don't think this. One, I don't remember being annoyed by the choppiness of this. No, one, so this one. This one wasn't. Um, I guess it's an improvement in that way. Honestly, I don't remember anything bad. I don't remember anything impressive. I still haven't really. But I don't remember anything bad. I, here's the thing. I need to like actually. I've started doing this thing where I have so many notebooks now. I need to. Get, I need to get obviously like one hardcore notebook that I put permanent like commandments in. Uh huh. That like I'll be re- like reference sheets. One of them is going to be. The, um, like, annoying things about, that I always get, like, I can't remember the difference between, like, um, match cuts yeah. and fusions or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, for example, exactly who's in charge, the difference between, um, like, for example, where the director's uh, reign of influence ends over cinematography. Mm-hmm. So, for example, how much that choppiness was his decision. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because there's the editors, too. Exactly. Because, like, for example, one of the titles we always see is Director of Cinematography. Well, I mean... Where does, direct, where does yeah. the Director of Cinematography have his veto say and so I on? I will say, even if he wasn't responsible for threading that chase scene together, 
if he didn't give the editors enough source material to work with to make it fluid, that's still on him. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm not gonna... Yeah, we don't know. I'm just trying to... I, I just... Here's the thing. You know how... When you're, when you're talking to somebody who's just obviously dumb, yeah. in the sense of their argument is just obviously dumb, because it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. This is a stupid This is a stupid example, but it's also a perfect example, because when you're a child at recess and they call the bell and you all run to me in line, yeah. everybody would always try to be first. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I would, um, you know, get second, I'd be like, why do you get to be first? And they'd look back at me and go, why? you know, it doesn't matter who's first. And I'd always just look at them and go, then why did you push me out of the way? Yeah. <laughs> why did you need to be first? That's and, fair. Because that's always, you know, it's, when you have a bad argument like that, it's just too easy to fold, because mm-hmm. it's not a real argument. It's like proving a negative kind of thing or something. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean. It's just those arguments that don't stand. When somebody has a really shitty argument, it just really fucking annoys me. Yeah. When anybody listens to it, because it's like how how do you how do you not even acknowledge the unsaid part there? Yeah. So when I um for example I'm watching a show that is criticized or uh, is supposed to be a review mm-hmm. of something and they're just laying on it. I like the ones that will say, the, like, for example, I love, uh, to use this as an example, Nerd Cubed. He did a video years ago on Dark Souls 2. I'm sure you know yeah, it. Yeah, as yeah. I have shown it to you many yeah. times. Yes. I love watching that video. That was one of the first videos you ever showed me. It's because it's hysterical. <laughs> he was going through it and he was talking about how he's like, oh, I'm just, I, I know I sound just like I'm just shitting on it. But, and then he, you know, went on to describe things. And I enjoy somebody who's able to explain the other side. Yeah. And does it in a thorough enough way that you know they actually are saying it. Mm-hmm. And not just in the way that in high school in an argumentative essay. Where you have to. Where you have yeah. to. I do have one positive Persuasive with his essay. directing <laughs> that I want to make later yeah. on in this episode. Right. And two, neither of us have gone to a sort of filming school exactly. or directing exactly. school. So we are coming yeah. at this from the layman's yes. knowledge. Yeah. And this I'm is always... just what we're seeing. Oh, yeah. We're seeing that a chase in a forest looks horribly <laughs> choppy. And we don't know, down to the line, who's responsible right. for that. Exactly. But we yes. have the director at the yeah. head of the exactly. episode. Yeah. So we have to... Tentatively lay it at that person's feet. Yeah, exactly. Tentatively, yes, exactly. Because at the end of the day, there are two names that are usually associated with an episode or a movie. The director and the the writer. Oh, the writer, yeah. There we go. I was going to say star. That's more for movies than TV shows, really. Uh, But yeah, no, those are like the two names. Like, obviously, other people work on a show. Those are the two names that lead. So when we see bad visual directing things... We have to lay it at the exactly. director's feet because we don't know the technical knowledge right. to label exactly whose right. responsibility that right. was. Exactly. I and just, here's the thing. I'm not... This person is... Unless... This is not the same person who did the freeze frame, right? No, no I it's think not. I've, okay. okay. So I'm not going to say he's a terrible director. He's just not a great one from what I've seen. Yeah. I just... My ultimate goal in life is always to be... I don't want to provide an opportunity to be undermined. And by that, I don't mean in the sense that I want to play smarmy. I mean the opposite. If I'm wrong, that's only a good thing because that gives me an opportunity to learn more about it. Yeah. I love it when somebody sends me a thing, for example, like an email with um, info. Yeah. It's like, hey, by the way, you actually got this part wrong. I'm like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> somebody pointed out we actually flubbed. <laughs> yeah, we said five <laughs> yeah. instead of when four. When we were talking about the uh, season two intro, we were talking about the uh, main characters in the, the window. And we were talking about we were talking about a few different things. Yeah. The main characters, of course, there are five of them. The, the SG-1 members and General Hammond. Yeah. 
he wasn't, of course, he was not there. And but we yeah. start talking about how that, that scene was supposed to represent that all four of the main SG-1 members were supposed to be more used in yeah, the scene. More utilized. Yeah, more utilized because they definitely did not utilize Christopher Judge. No. To any degree. And half the time that they utilized Sam, it was, it was to, poorly. It was because she had tits. Yeah. So it was, you know... We actually switched numbers. <laughs> we started we started saying five again as if Hammond was there in the room, but nope, sorry. I love that they pointed that out for us because I like being able to correct myself. Yeah. We we mess up. Mm-hmm. If we were people that got upset about being wrong, we'd be only upset. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> we would never get... Now, don't get me wrong. I spend a significant amount of my life upset anyway. But, but that's, that's for different other reasons. reasons. Exactly. That's just because of the world I live in. Exactly. But yeah, I, I just, uh, I appreciate the concept of providing a firm foundation for yeah, ourselves. absolutely. So I have to, and I literally mean that, I have to be as fair as possible. That's mm-hmm. why I do not like Catherine Powers as a writer, and I definitely attribute it because I kind of just don't see any other evidence, any different evidence. I attribute a lot of it to what I think are long-held traditional beliefs on her part. Yeah. Because writing is often, you write what you know. Oh, no, I don't That's blame Catherine Powers yes. for what she writes. I blame the society yes. that she lives in I'm a in little upset with her because, writes. like I said earlier, at what point do you have to start acknowledging an adult's responsibility for yeah, their own decisions? Absolutely, yeah. So, so on and so forth there. But that's a different kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. And again, there's the blaming process doesn't begin until after that conversation. Yeah. That's also not the podcast we have. Right, exactly. <laughs> but my point there is I just want to be as fair as I can to her and to Garrity in the sense of I don't know how hard your job is. No. I, I, you hear horror stories of how much, like, studios and stuff will fuck with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. I don't know the shit and rigors that you went through. I mean, I'm not, like, gonna do a Facebook way. Like, I'm not gonna move fast and break things and apologize later, because fuck that no, noise. No. But I'm going to be cautiously disregarding <laughs> as I go forward, <laughs> in the sense that hopefully someone will let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah, like I said, I don't have anything, like, egregious to criticize him for directing Rise in this episode. Exactly. Um, in the sense that it's, we've mentioned before at least a couple times, that sometimes an episode's just is kind of hard to have a stellar directing job because sometimes you're just not really given a lot to work yeah. with. There was at one point near the end a long distance shot that had the whole team when they were going to storm the gate. That was a pretty decent yeah. shot. That's another detail thing that I would love to go to school for this, honestly. I, honestly the, I, I, in, a, in another world where I had time and money to go to school again, it would be to go to like film school, honestly, to learn this shit. Because oh, I would yeah. love to know, honestly, just from a business standpoint, how expensive like this kind of shit happens. Because obviously, for example, for a tracking shot, you need to have a moving camera. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to have shaky, that means it has to be on one of those slides things, those ramp things. Or they've got, um, nowadays, they have, for the handheld, they've got like those, I can't remember what they're called right now. But it's like based on how a chicken's neck will keep it like... Oh, um, Okay. It's like a swivel kind of thing that even if, like, you're moving, it'll stay oh, level all the whole time. Oh, gyroscopic. Gyroscopic, that's the yeah. thing. They have that now. Okay. Yeah, that kind that's of stuff. That's a more recent right. development. But that has to be, a, I would say, you know, expensive. Eric and I just binging all of Queen's Gambit yeah, last yeah. night. And it has some stellar tracking shots. And I keep thinking, God, man, I wish I saw this cinematography and everything. But then I think about it and go, well, that probably was one hell of a rig to build. Yeah. So I get it. Remember, we have to remember, season one and two were filmed together for this. Yeah, they're filmed back to back. Which means yeah. that, like, they probably were a little more rushed than they might have wanted to be in uh, some instances. Honestly, again, yeah, I, 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 we, I, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, accounting for all of that, it was not terrible. 
And it, even if it was, I could I could understand potentially why. Mm -hmm. You did not freeze frame. I know you're not that guy. Yeah, but no. You did not freeze frame. Therefore, you automatically get a check in my book. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, exactly. You're not going into the hall of shame. Yeah. That's all we're going to say. There we go. All right. Let's actually start talking about this episode. Ready? I mean, are we? Oh, God. So many notes. Okay. So uh, the episode opens with an unscheduled incoming traveler. And they're like, oh, what, who's the Iris Code from? And I, I do actually, I, I'm going to give Catherine Powers credit right here. I do actually like the framing of this scene where they're like, oh, because it's, you know, they're in the um, office. I, I can't remember what it's called right now. Control room? Yeah, the control room overlooking the gate. Oh, the conference room. No, the control room. Oh, the control room. Sorry. Yeah. Said, sorry. For a second, sorry. That's totally me, but when you said overlooking, it made me think of the high up window. They both overlook the game. You're, you're correct. I just thought overlooking, yeah, and I yeah. just immediately went to over. Language uh, is weird. No, but <laughs> I do like the scene because, like, they're like, it's, you see uh, Walter, and then you see Hammond, who's like, oh, who's the, do we have an Irish code? And they're like, yeah, it's from SG-1. And then the camera pans over, and you see SG-1 is standing next to him. Like, Hello. <laughs> and I like how pans to Jack and he looks around and goes, hey, how are you? <laughs> that was a good little moment. See, it good was, directing there. And, and they used the directing to communicate, but SG-1's here. Yeah, like, but wait. <laughs> and then Jack making a joke. Yeah. That was a great, tight little 15 seconds of a scene. It was it was a f I gen genuinely funny. I wrote it down. I literally wrote down Jack going, hey, how are you? Because <laughs> I was like, no, this is funny. <laughs> this is good. I have, a, I have a question for my parents that will never be answered. <laughs> but I wonder who influenced my personality more. Because I watched the shows around the same time. Uh -huh. Well, I watched Farscape first. Do not get me wrong. God yeah. damn it. Thirty minutes. Ding. Uh, I watched Farscape first, but I was rewatching it to you know the obsessive degrees once I actually had DVDs of it around the same time that I was rewatching SG One because SG One was ending around the same time. Yeah. On on TV, and mm -hmm. I was losing my mind <laughs> over it. So I just don't know who influenced my personality more, considering how they're honestly kind of similar characters. Yeah. John Crichton or, or Jack or Jack <laughs> O'Neill. And just, yeah, just like, hey, how are you was very you. Yeah. I could literally ways. see you in the same exact scenario, yeah. just looking around. Hey, what up? <laughs> I mean, literally. That hey, how, how are you thing just cracked me up. I just giggled just for a full, like, 20 seconds because I just went, yep, nope, there, yeah. <laughs> just, I literally, I can see, I can see sitting in front of the TV watching that and cementing in my brain that exact mannerism, exact everything and going, yes, this is how I will, I will achieve and then taking a moment looking at my paper, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and then equal sign, people liking me. <laughs> like, I could just see that, you know, like that kind of shit. It resonated with me on a visceral level to the point where it felt almost familiar. So I, I almost, I swear that, that that image might actually be a half memory. Yeah, probably. Right? Like I said, when he said that, I was like, yeah, this sounds like Liss. This yep. is Liss right here. Right, Liss. Yeah, yeah, it's just funny. I wonder sometimes how much of it. Oh, look, Liss is here. <laughs> yeah, just, he's like my second dad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you could pick a worse one. <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to answer. <laughs> yeah, just touch that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the team points out that obviously if they're all here, for an SG-1 signal to still be coming through, it has to be Braytac. Because apparently they gave Braytac um, a, code. a code before they split off. At the end of the first episode of season one. Yep. Season two. I'm so glad they're finally saying IDC. I'm so, I'm so tired of that other shit. Yeah. I don't think they 
Oh, wait. Saying ABC. I, I, I feel sure no, I did. No. I didn't say IVC. They're still saying... I am um, still autocorrecting. God damn it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but they say, oh, it has to be an emergency if he's using it. And in all caps, I wrote, Daniel isn't wearing his glasses again. <laughs> I literally, literally, as soon as the episode started, I went, oh, look, he's missing his headband. He spins that later scene? genuinely at least half of this episode not wearing his glasses. Yeah. All of Chulak not wearing his glasses. Yeah, that should yeah. I was just thinking now, not of that opening scene, but of a later one. No reason for yeah. him not to have his glasses. The entire Chulak. scene where he's trying to talk to Tilk about his wife, his I I literally the entire scene literally just staring at my at my screen going, Where, where? are your glasses? <laughs> Where's your headband? Where's your glasses? Where's your headband? Where's your glasses? Where's your headband? Michael he Shanks, didn't even have them in his hair. No. He was just gone. Michael Shanks' hatred of these glasses is amazing. I mean, they were just fucking gone for that scene. And I don't I, think they were even in his hair for the first scene. I just... I, and don't give me bullshit about the fact that they were in disguise for that, by the way, because they, they, they were drapey cloth yeah. disguises. That could have hidden any number mm-hmm. of lumpy shit or their faces if you want to keep... Nothing... No. That There's costume no, had nothing to do with it. No, that no. was entirely him. <laughs> I I do wonder if, like, the end of the episode got filmed first. Because at the end of the episode, he is wearing his glasses when they come back through. Yeah. Um, and I I do wonder if, like, that part got filmed first, and then Michael Shanks, quote-unquote, mm. lost Here we go. the glasses. Here's the theory. Here's the theory. Here's the theory. I think I told you this once before. One, I did I did read somewhere once that apparently the director of Groundhog's Day had heard that Bill Murray was notorious on set oh, yeah, for losing interest. Yeah. yeah, he would lose interest in filming partway through the process and then be kind of annoying to work with at the end. So he filmed the movie backwards so that way the enthusiasm level would match the yeah, character. Yeah, I, I so that's why at the beginning that. he looks dead inside. Because <laughs> it's the end of filming and Bill Murray doesn't want to be there exactly. anymore. He wants to go home now. <laughs> He's done his job and he'd like to go now. And I love it because I'm sorry. I, I love how some people would take that as a sign that like God be a professional. I'm just like I have a great work ethic and that's me in a fucking nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day I don't care how good a work ethic I have have. I'm just, I want to go home now. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I have the feeling maybe it's like that, you know, like where they film it backwards because they know by the end of the day they can't, the glasses are mysteriously <laughs> gone. At the end of every filming period, the glasses are always gone and some poor at intern's like, ID. Michael, where are the glasses? Some poor what intern's glasses? job every day is to go find the fucking glasses. <laughs> You know what? That's why they got him better glasses for the next seasons is because the um, budget... They couldn't afford to keep exactly. replacing them. They were tired of dedicating so much of the props budget to bullshit fucking glasses. I I love his war on these glasses. <laughs> I hope to God that we... A, I can ask him that question right. at some point. A, I need this pandemic to end so that our convention won't get keep, keep getting rescheduled yeah. so we can actually go meet him. Right. And then once we can actually go meet him, I hope he remembers... I I love the idea of us getting one chance to ask a question, and we go, hey, why'd you hate the glasses from season two so much? I don't know if it'd be a letdown or not if he were just like, I I mean, I just, there was, really wasn't a reason, it just didn't, I don't know, did I just leave him places, guys? Like, what are you, uh, no, no, there was no hate. Like, I just, just, if it was that, I'd be like, then he's lying, then he's right. lying. <laughs> you oh don't God. spend half, literally half of an episode, more than half of an episode, not right. wearing your glasses. No, I'm making you a solemn promise. Yes. A solemn promise. Mm-hmm. If it turns out 
that he says there was nothing. Uh, uh, now I kind of I cannot remember. It. Yeah. If he says there was nothing to it, so on so forth. And you're gonna tell him he's lying. No, 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 no. I'm gonna tattoo on myself a picture, and I'm just gonna maybe just shaded glasses. But specifically, what's gonna be important is underneath it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tattoo glasses gate. <laughs> just for you. Also, because I will die happy if that's on my body. <laughs> Wrinkly and shitty looking 50 years from now, this will never You're be a mistake. explaining that to people. Exactly. That is the best fucking story. Tattoos are for you. Who the fuck cares? Oh. As long as you like it, who the fuck cares? Oh my god. And that would be a story. Yes. Oh yeah, no, we um uh my friend we have a celebrity we're both in love with and it turns out he's a massive liar. <laughs> there we go. I like that plan. I need to know about this. I need to know if I'm gonna be getting a really badass tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Apophis and Chloral are dead, so... Chloral? Chloral? Chloral, sorry. I thought you said Coral at first, which is made me think of Carl. I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said Chloral, but whatever. No, you're good. I, I, you I, know, I, you I, and I, I both talk too fast, so... Uh, they're both dead, so what could the emergency be about? Which I immediately was like, mm, Sam, you're making a lot of assumptions there, girl. <laughs> uh, but I do like that the moment... Ray Tack walks through the gates. His first words are, Hammond of Texas. <laughs> he remembers who the leader is, and it's terrific. He's basically asking, like, I'm asking for permission to, you know, step through or whatever. Obviously, he's already stepped through. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's asking permission to stay. Yeah. <laughs> to not be immediately kicked and back through. And I do through. like that Hammond, like, in return to Hammond of Texas, calls him Master Ray Tack. Just some nice respect on oh, both yeah. sides. I love it. Well, I um, I really like that because there's a bit of a bit of a setup for that. Not not just because they'd already obviously already told him about yeah. Ray Tack and so on, but one thing I liked was Teal calls him um when, when this dialing and he doesn't just say it's uh, Ray Tack. He says yeah, the only person who has it is Tecmate Ray Tack, which trivia wise, I remember when I was reading it said something about it was basically just translates to a sign as a sign of respect in general. But I like that because he said that first. I think it was, like, also another way for Hammond to remember the honorific aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Or just, even if he already did remember it, it's just another layering of emphasis of, oh yeah, now I'm definitely going to remember Either way, it definitely is a cool setup for me mentally, because it makes sense why he says it. Yeah. There's a build-up for me. Oh. Anyway, um, I liked it. I like it because two old men coming from completely different cultures and, like, meeting in the middle. I just love old men who are in charge, but not in the dick way. Yeah. Yeah. Who are like, it's really just about the, uh, not the authority, sorry, the, uh, the uh, elders. There we go. Like the wise elders oh, aspect. Yeah, yeah. Where they're both too war-torn to give a shit in that respect anymore. Now I anything to prove. Yeah, exactly. On that. And also because of their titles and, and, and their, you know, their already established um, status as a, as a sort. Mm-hmm. It just makes it all about facts at that point, which is just... We don't have any dick wagon to do here. No. What's up? Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, they that makes those, when they do the honorifics and everything, it makes it much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually a choice. Yeah, it's honest. Exactly. Exactly. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's authentic. Uh, so Braytag is here to say, hey, Apophis isn't dead, and he's taken your son uh, as a hostage. I'm not poking holes, actually, in the logic, yeah. honestly, of the whole Shulva thing. 
it does make a shit ton of sense to brand the family of a traitor as traitors yeah. and make them stand. It's kind of like the whole Scarlet Letter thing, mm-hmm. you know? It's only shaming if people are alive to be shamed. So I totally understand that as a concept. Yeah. However, another concept is that medievalish one of uh, hostages, which was you had a ward. Yeah. A quote, ward. Which is exactly what Apophis is exactly. doing. Exactly. But if, that's what I was saying is I don't understand. And this is basically more of a criticism, honestly, of the writing structure here, because it doesn't honestly make sense that he would have later kidnapped the kid. It would have, I just, I think, I think it would have made more sense from the beginning not, I mean, I get everybody doesn't think something and then later goes, oh, shit, I should have done this mm-hmm. differently. So it's not a full criticism. Yeah. It's a half criticism. But it would have made it would have made more sense for from the beginning to do a combination, actually, a bit of this. Yeah. Uh, making it a Shulva family where she has to walk around being, you know, the shamed one, uh-huh. as well as part of the shame being that her kid was also taken from her to I be raised say, as a hostage. I will say, maybe the reason this wasn't a decision until now was there was no reason to think that Teal would ever come back and, and witness this insult. I don't this follow attack. that. What do you mean? I feel like it You're always would have made sense that he would come for his kid. Why? Why would Apophis think that? Why do you think Apophis well, why do you think that now versus anything? before? Because he know he's witnessed Tilk come back at this point. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. This, this is not yeah, my disagreeing no, no, face. No, sorry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> This was a while ago at this point, but I do think I remember her like instantly swearing Teal'c off as soon as he, like saying like she didn't agree with his choices or blah 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 to like protect the family. In this episode or that episode, the original. The, the original. Okay, cool. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're um, I'm, I'm not like I said. I'm not really criticizing. And like, I, I am still surprised that someone as petty as Apophis didn't immediately like kill both of them. What, what I'm just criticizing isn't actually really from a character standpoint. Yeah. It's kind of like the other episode where I was mostly just um, upset with a writer not making a decision <laughs> at one point where it's, and I totally get this was might have been a retroactive, like, oopsie. Yeah. But it would have made more sense to have the kid be taken as well for me because then this story episode would have made more sense to it me. It wouldn't have come out of nowhere. Exactly. Just, it would have made more sense to me. Because this I, episode is garbage. as to get him back to Chulak at this point. Because it would have been something that was already happening. Exactly. So, at the same time, I'm not entirely yeah. criticizing it. And again, I actually don't know what the second part of that uh, new episode, first episode, that one I just you know, proposed. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome of the episode no, would yeah. have been. And I don't know if that even really would have been workable. Yeah. So, I feel like it would have been. I feel like this would have been better. But that's mostly just a eh, opinion. Because yeah, it just you. seems a little weak to me, no, writing-wise, that all disagree. of a sudden... And again, I know they explain it as he's been weakened and so on. I get that they But he wasn't it. weakened before when Teal left the first time. Well, I feel like the Shulvah thing is more of the um, Scarlet Letter thing, which yeah. was, had less to do with the weakness thing and more to do with shaming. <laughs> it's more like, I don't know, your uh, everyday ticket. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, your, your, tar- your parking ticket. It's just yeah. your parking... Sh- your park- it's, your, it's your parking shaming. Just your average day trader shaming. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Versus losing half your, uh, almost all your resources. Oh, 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 are you saying, like, he should have done this a little bit sooner? Sorry, but I was saying, in the first episode, it made sense. It was just average trader shaming. Yeah. Um, in the second episode, he's been weakened by losing half of his shit. Yeah. And so he's desperate measures kind of crap. Yeah, yeah I get that they yeah. explain it for that, but it just still seems weak. It, it works, but thinly. Yeah, I know that that's about the brainwashing part, and I know that's about the obvious trap part. I get all of it, and I get I get that it's desperate. Man, it's not that I have a problem with it, it's just that 
that they didn't see this coming kills me. Yeah. Because they blew up their god, dude, and yet didn't think yeah, about that's what the that crazy thing. What like, did they think was going to happen on Chulak? Why didn't they check? Why wasn't even like a malp thrown through for a second? Because but let's say there were people waiting for it before it got dest- it got destroyed. They might have still gotten thirty. Sorry, I was shouting. No, no. Thirty seconds of um feed. Mm-hmm. Did they try nothing? Here's my <laughs> no. Even outside of your your side of things, which also makes sense on the sheer like being a decent human being side of things. The moment he realized he wasn't dead after that mission, why didn't he send for his family to get taken out of Chulak? Well, that's the thing. They just now found out that he's not, they're not dead. He's not dead. Yeah, but Chulak, even if Apophis is dead, Chulak is still a gold regime thought process oh, place. Oh, yeah, yeah, and somebody was going so, Yeah, especially, they say they later on that system worlds were going to come. Yeah. And it's just like... A power vacuum gets cause, filled. Because uh, Dreyak specifically calls him out for, I thought you were dead. And it's like, why Why did you just, like, leave them with silence? They have enough planets that they could have relocated her to. So after Teal survived the attack on Apophis, yeah, why didn't he his get her? first goal should have been to take yeah. her and his son to one of the other planets. Like the Land of Light, like they do at the end yeah. of this episode. Yeah, no, because as far as That's the insane thing. Like, is right. that he just left them there for Dryak to think that Teal was dead. Yeah, no, because yeah, because Braytac was gonna that look is... after them at most. Because exactly. he couldn't he wasn't gonna marry her. No. <laughs> God. He just Forgets about his family. Yeah, it's because when, they're disposable. Exactly. The writers forgot about his exactly. family. Yeah, the writers forgot about his family, 100%. The key characteristic flaw of episodic writing mm-hmm. is that it has multiple writers. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, and especially. So multiple elements can get lost. Yeah, and I think out of that, one of the most harmful aspects of that is that when they have these things where oh, this writer introduced this thing to the story, which means they're the only one who writes about that. It's like, what? They're, his family still exists even when Catherine Powers isn't writing an episode. You can't just forget they exist. And it's not just Stargate that does this. It happens, oh, yeah. no, people do it happens yeah. in Psych. Not this horribly, because Psych usually it's just like, oh... Um, a running joke isn't being used in this episode or whatever. Right. No, I mean, <laughs> but like, it's it's more it's egregious. It's just, and, yeah. Yeah, continuity is always an issue with these things. It's like you're giving, and, and yes, I think, especially if a writer has created this character, they should definitely get some credit for it being used later, but they created this character for this show. Mm-hmm. It is not their character. It is oh, yeah, the they, show's yeah, character. They don't own the rights to their yeah. character or something. So you need to remember that these people exist yeah. and use them. That is an egregious thing, the way they just forget about Teal's family when Catherine Powers isn't writing an episode. Why do you think I, uh, you, <laughs> I showed you my last note that I, uh, wrote before we started recording, mm-hmm. which was, I was just so mad at how disposable yeah, his family absolutely. is. And it's it's not even just on like a disposable and in general an insultingly in a personally insulting manner for his family, but also insulting to the plot structure because yeah. because this episode kind of has to come out of nowhere and it makes no sense that nothing has happened before now. Especially this is eight episodes into season two. They destroyed half of Apophis's force eight episodes ago. That's months ago, and it's only coming up now. 
Yeah, you know what would have been a great time to bring this up? Um, when they were doing Thor's Chariot and that guy was building all those ships. Mm-hmm. You know what would have been a really would have been a really great thing to mention? Why he was building all those ships. They could have mentioned that he was using that he was gonna be mounting an attack soon to fill that power yes. vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's funny how we praise the show sometimes for <laughs> continuity. And an episode comes along, you're like, oh right. All shows do this where mm-hmm. continuity momentum goes to die. It's it's And the just... funny thing is this episode was supposed to be in the pursuit of continuity. And yet, mm-hmm. I feel like this episode was actually was it more... in the pursuit of continuity. That's why I just what is this as soon as I said that, at the that, end. Well, as soon as I said that, I realized that you know what this episode actually really does feel like. It writes them off. It feels kind of like halfway through the season, part of writing, the writers' table went, "Fuck, guys, did we ever address?" Yeah. <laughs> and they go, "Shit, okay." So, and they write it up real fast, and then they go, "Okay, now where are we gonna put this?" In the timeline, eh, fuck it, we'll get out of the way early. <laughs> because it's just like, you just, it just feels like it was a last minute shit mm-hmm. and thrown in there kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's hurried. And let me rephrase that. It is hurried. Yeah. But I mean, oh, yeah. it wasn't like the production was hurried. Mm-hmm. Or that, that part doesn't feel hurried. No. It, but it does feel haphazard oh, yeah, in its absolutely. placement. And in its telling, and I, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny, because we praised the hell out of, what, the first five episodes of season two? It was always done. For being so, I, I, but, because the first, like, five episodes of season two were just so, they flowed together well. But, like, the first five episodes were so tight, and then this episode is just, like, such a contrast to that. And it's just, when yeah. this happens in the same season of the same show... It's rough. Yeah. I get that it's hard. I get that shit happens. But when it's an entire episode literally crafted to address an element of a story that you yourself, by ha- its presence, you are you are acknowledging this is a story element that needs to be acknowledged. <laughs> it's literally just, you know, proving. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy of by doing this, you are proving it's important. Yep. So why didn't you do a better job? Yeah. Why even bother? I do like, and I'm going to use this as a way to get back into our notes so we can actually mm-hmm. progress on this, that on that note, like, they point out, like, right away, this is clearly a fucking trap. Visibly a trap. <laughs> Knowing it's a trap does... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Jack I'm goes, oh, time. well, you know, if we know it's a trap, we can avoid it. <laughs> to which I literally paused immediately and went... Knowing it's a trap doesn't automatically grant you magic senses. This isn't Tomb Raider. I just, I, I love it when people forget that life mm-hmm. isn't a video game. So I you know we don't say, all have, you know, right bumper, right? You know, can't, you know, right bumper for heightened <laughs> senses. You know, it's this isn't Dishonored. This isn't, name a game. <laughs> we don't have perception yeah. skills. It's, you can't just roll a nat 20 and all of a sudden know where everyone's feet yeah. are. I will say, on that note, they do at least, in the, sh- the episode, show visible signs of them using the knowledge that it's a trap to their best, and they're not doing it, like, stupidly. Like, they, we'll get to it in a minute, when they go in through the gate, they do something smart, because they're expecting to get ambushed, because they knew it was a trap, so they planned ahead to that. They also still think it's a trap, so when Riot comes back to them, all of SG-1 doesn't trust it, because they know this is a trap, and that's the thing. So, like, yeah, you're right. No, we don't have right bumpers in... In real life. But at least with Jack's side of things, where he's like, if we know it's a trap, we can avoid it. At least the things that they did to avoid it, quote unquote. Yeah. 
made sense. Mm-hmm. They weren't like out of nowhere. No, you they were, were all things the team was completely capable yes. of doing. Yes. And okay, might yeah. not have done otherwise if they hadn't known it was no, a trap. You're you're completely true. Okay, so here's the thing. It is not um it does not disprove your argument it at all. Yeah. I just have to say because I'm a nitpicky bitch. Yeah. Um it just so happens that this kid acted in the most suspicious manner possible. Oh, he did. But it's only because the gold are so bad at subtlety that they don't yeah. know how to program a kid well. I was going to say, I think it's partly that, and also I don't think the kid who plays right is very good. Actually, actually, that's actually, I was actually going to say the opposite. I think the kid did exactly what he was supposed to do, which is be extra. You know, actually, I will take that. So Jack says, if we know it's a trap, we can avoid it. Right. And Hammond basically, Hammond also is kind of like you were, he kind of like gives Jack this look oh, like. Oh, shit, no, I'm going to thought though before we get to Oh, that. yeah, you know. Um, so I was saying, um, so on this with the kid, mm-hmm. it just so happens that the goal are so bad at what they do with this program of the kid is that they make him say everything so earnestly mm-hmm. and so good oh, that it's just suspicious as hell. So even yeah. if they didn't know it was a trap, I feel like some adults would have still been like, huh? Oh, but there's, there was that one moment that doesn't disprove your ar- argument yeah. because your logic is 100% true, and that would have happened no matter what the situation <laughs> was. There, there is one part <laughs> of my notes where I'm like, he is literally reading off a script. And I mean, like, Ryak, the not, yeah, like, not yeah, the yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryak, script. Yeah. the character, mm-hmm. is clearly, clearly reciting. reciting something yes. he got coached and on. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm saying is, A, kids are bad. No, again, Ryak kid. Yeah. Ryak kids are bad actors because if, unless you are a kid actor, unless this is like something that you are doing regularly, Mm -hmm. why the fuck would you be good at it? Yeah, that's fair. And I will say, like, I did spend most of the episode going, is the kid a bad actor or a ghoul just stupid? That's what I was saying. I think think it's all there was a moment near the end where I was like, okay, no, this kid knows how to do subtle. At at the end of the day, we don't know, but obviously, but, um, but yeah, I do like that Hammond oh, yeah. kind of agrees with you. Yes. Like, he gives Jack this look like, that's not... That's not how that that's works. That's not how it works. There's reduced chance mm-hmm. of it working. Oh, I also do like, sorry, before this, I like the fact that they they just, they figure out, oh, they, uh, Chlorella and Apophis must have escaped literally the same way Daniel did. Mm-hmm. Like, right behind him, which I think is hilarious because if we remember back to when we recorded that episode, when we were talking about that episode, and how you pointed out that, like, Daniel's like, yeah, I'll hold them off. And then he leaves as soon as they leave. If he had actually kept his word and held them off, he might have been able to stop yep, Apophis exactly. from getting out in time. Exactly. He would have died as well. Mm-hmm. But he might have actually been able to stop Apophis from surviving. And that's so funny in retrospect to look back. <laughs> and you know, I feel like there's probably like a tiny minuscule part of Daniel when they realized that, they went, huh, but actually stayed, I could have killed him. And then it'd be like, nah, I don't give a shit. No, I, I think at the end of the day, he's like, nah, my mission to get back uh, Shade is more important. I don't care. He just said, oh well. <laughs> Consequences. Yeah, exactly. I do feel like he would have weighed both of those points. He's like, thing. this is still more Honestly, important. I, uh, I actually, it, let's, so let's say that what we have concluded about Daniel's mm-hmm. character is true. I have a really good. I, I have a pretty good idea of what might have been his other deduction possible idea. Yeah, uh, is what I would have done, which is my first thought was in that situation. Well, the ultimate goal was to keep Earth from being destroyed, so I didn't do anything wrong. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. At the end of the day, yes, true. <laughs> it's because that when I was I, honestly, it, it, I know I've, I've made this argument before a lot about it. It's always about intent mm-hmm. for me. Oft, it's a very important element. Intent. Yeah. Obviously, consequences are, are still important. I don't care if you didn't intend to hurt somebody. If they're hurt, you're, you still yeah, hurt them. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not excusing Daniel. No, 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 no. But we his, never excuse his, him. We call intent, him out. I love it. His intent was to get Jack to go. Yeah. And his intent that day was to keep Earth from being destroyed. Mm-hmm. He did both. He did both. There you go. He 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 accomplished what he needed to. I need both those ships to be destroyed. I need Jack, therefore, to be able to go to the other ship. He's going to stay here like the sentimental bitch that he is. <laughs> the sentimental bitch that he is. And we're both going to die, and that's going to drastically reduce yep, chances. absolutely. I also, in the back of my head, might like to live. <laughs> I have a potential plan for how to make I'm sorry, there's no way in hell he wasn't already planning No, that. no, absolutely. Exactly. So, and I'm not like saying that he was planning to leave them. I just mean that he always had his back. I have a backup plan. Some people are like that. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are dicks like that. But I totally see him doing that. And it's just a survivor's instinct, yeah. I think. You can't blame him for that. Hell no, I do no. not. What kills me about it is I don't think he feels any no. sort of... I, I, he, he, he contemplated for an instant, but he established what was the truth, yeah. and that was the truth mm-hmm. he followed. And again, I'm not talking in terms of alternative facts. No. It's just he did lie he to them. He focused on the thing that was yes. important to he him. He did lie to them. He did say, I'll watch your back. But he also didn't line up because he did watch them back until they got through the gate and then he went to his other thing. He can't watch their back because they're on a different ship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's all about rationalization. Mm-hmm. Something that people of that type of nature yeah. do. <laughs> like we're doing right now. Um, I do. Oh, so this is also the scene where, Bra- uh, where Braytech points out that Apophis was embarrassed by the attack, lost like half of his forces, and that if he doesn't make a stand and try and gain back power now quick... The other system lords are going to come and do something. I feel to see exactly He's very vague how... about what they're going to do. Exactly! I feel to see how the kid has anything to... Like, okay, cool. Let's see. Let, let's say you managed to kill SG-1 somehow with this. Well, I will say... What does that do aside from image? Well, no, no. Okay, so his ultimate plan, his ultimate plan is to kill all of Earth. Right. If the system lords came... Oh, duh, I forgot what the, what the trap was. Yeah. Hi. I came, if the I system came, lords came and he pointed at Earth and went, yeah, they embarrassed me a couple months ago, but look, they're all fucking yeah, dead I, I, now. I, I always forget about the end goal. I always think of it in terms of what the... I always think of it in terms of what I thought... I always think the first trap was, which was to get them to go to Chulak and stay yeah. on Chulak. Mm-hmm. It's not... Not that I forget the rest of the episodes. <laughs> it's just that when I you usually focus on that. Well, here's the thing. That's also the most uh, frequent memory of it because when I end rewatching that, every time I've ever rewatched the show, I've always gotten just to the part where Rayad starts to piss me off, and then I leave. That's fair. So He's on Hulu, for frustrating. example, yeah. when I was watching the episode, I literally saw an example of that because I saw the green line <laughs> where I had stopped beautiful. the last time I rewatched. That's beautiful. Uh, but I do also like that. Um, when Jack says that if they know it's a trap, they can avoid it, he also says, yeah, we can go in and nail this mother glow. <laughs> it was funny how fast I started mentally tapping out in that episode. That was that was honestly around that point. I don't know why, but it was just... Well, I, it just wasn't funny. No. I just... I was... I was already done with this episode. I guess it's because I remembered it. If I, I would have lost dialogue, mostly to be mad at it. No, there's a lot of dialogue bits that I actually wrote out mostly to be like mad at. This seems like so forced. It's like, I don't see Jack saying that, to be honest. I mean, I could, but I don't know if you'd say it here. No. Not in this situation. This is not a comedic time. No, man. no, it's not. This kid's been captured. Um, what I was going to say before I realized that we'd skipped a couple of notes and I had to go back was that on the comment of them being like, oh, shoot, we have this this hanging thread, we need to do something with it, they're, in what Hammond says next, they're literally saying we're wiping our hands clean of this now, because he tells Teal, 
we will do this mission, but this is the last time your family okay. uh, endangers this, this yeah, mission. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. We will do this for you, but this is the last time that you are allowed to have them be something that is endangering us yeah, this way. Like this, yeah. So that's basically him being like, yeah, we're not doing this again. Right. <laughs> we're sitting in the land of light at the end of this episode, and they're gone. We're done. Right? I, um, that's a funny thing. I actually rewatched that, 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 bit, that little tiny bit twice because I got that immediate impression too, yeah. right? And then I watched it again because I was just like, wow, Hammond, that's good, but geez, cold, right? And I was just going back to see it again because I was like, damn. And I actually caught another influent inflection in there too as well, and there's that. Yeah. And on top of that, I just like how Hammond's still just, you can tell how kind he is yeah. because on top of that, an- another message, which was, I'd like that to not happen again because I'm tired of you being scared for yeah, your family. No. Well, yeah, because he's a grandpa. Exactly. He's, no, from the family aspect. Absolutely. I think unhappy for his friends. I think the actor does it. an excellent exactly. job of putting empathy into yeah. it. But I feel like the dialogue oh, the was dialogue written. Was that, 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 no, 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 that's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The dialogue was written to be a message to, hey, we're not dealing with the family after this. We're writing them off in this episode. But I think the actor did a good job of inserting empathy into the answer. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're basically planning to go there, grab Tilk's family, and bring them back to Earth. And they dial through, and here's the first proof of them planning ahead for knowing that there's a trap. They, at the other side of the gate, there's a whole bunch of Jaffa waiting to ambush them. And what's the first thing that comes through? A smoke bomb sedation thing. And it's not until everyone drops that then the team comes through wearing, like, the robes and also, like, gas masks or whatever that actually blend really well with the robes. Yeah, right? That was, a. Uh, it's funny. The best part about this episode was the costuming. It was. No, the costuming was really good. Outside of there is one moment um, near the end of the episode where I'm like, that Jaffa doesn't fit in his armor. <laughs> I know which one you're talking yes! about. <laughs> the one who falls so awkwardly. He was not the original intended... Oh, no, no. He was not the intended recipient of that armor. No. It was ill-fitting. Yeah. And clearly... It made it hard for him to fall when he impacted got <laughs> how he was moving. Yes. It was like they brought a dummy to life, and that was the part where the skull started to wear off. Yes. Oh, I did also like that at the end, when he's running out of Jaffa, he's just got two white guys standing at the gate. <laughs> The only Jafai is left to guard her, our throwaway white guys. Ted and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, poor Dave couldn't even get a fitting uniform. My, my first thought was in Ted had to drive Dave here. <laughs> so they're FedEx. Yeah, oh god. Okay. Um, uh, so they head to Dreyak's new home. Which, Braytech knows where it is, but doesn't know why she lives there. There are so many logical errors in this thing. How does he only know... Okay, so here's the thing. One of the notes I actually end up scribbling out, because I was just like, wait, this makes no sense. I can't decide if he was lying to Teal. I don't think he was. I think it's just poorly written. Right, because he says, I swear I didn't know. I'm like, okay, does he just did, did he know he just didn't want to bring it up because so, he knew Teal would be a bitch about it? 
Or Yeah, but if he knew Teal would be a bitch about it, it'd be smarter to warn him ahead of time so he'd get some of his anger out before exactly, he gets exactly. there. Exactly. There's so many logical fallacies. She went from being in the outcast camp into the middle of the To city, a really nice Which house. I also like how literally no one... Teal sure fucking would. I like how Teal didn't question it. He's like, I guess maybe they thought she was like being hit, hiding there they, or something. No, they do point out... No, they actually <sighs> do. Uh, they, they, there is a point of dialogue where they specifically say, I wonder how she could afford this. And Braytac says he doesn't know. Yeah, but that's not, it still doesn't answer me, though, because, again, it's not just about the money. She's, up until this point, they are apparently still thinking that she, they, as in uh, Braytac and Teal, they're mm-hmm. still thinking that she's a Sholva. Yeah. Which, I was just under the impression that when you were an outcast, that you were an outcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Grant, I'm, I'm talking as in with the marriage yeah, part, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know that you can get rid of that part with the marriage being mm-hmm. rid of. I mean, as in, you can't just, as long as you're still under that marriage... You just can't just come into money and suddenly be able to go to a better place. Exactly, because the thing about outcasts is shitty phrases like there goes the neighborhood mm-hmm. exist for a reason. Yep, yep. Because people suck. Shunning exists. Mm-hmm. So why why are they just kind of questioning this? I know. Here's this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I will say I you can't set up a culture's rules and then arbitrarily ignore them literally in the same sentence. I will say <laughs> Outside of remembering what a little shitheel Ryak was in this episode, I pretty much wiped this episode from my mind. Uh-huh. And yet, the moment they said, I wonder how she afforded this place, I'm like, she remarried, you idiot. I know, right? <laughs> Just watching and genuinely not remembering this dude that she remarried. It's like, how do you fucking think? <laughs> I don't I was know. Just How do women get anywhere in these misogynistic societies? You idiot. <laughs> How does a woman get anywhere yeah. in mm-hmm. these misogynistic societies? So they go in, they talk to her. She's already kind of awkward. Yeah, she looks remarkably she... different too because I don't know. I just, I, I love Sally Richardson. I'm yeah. just sad to see her go. Yeah. Her, even though it's, this is the end anyway for her character, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then Frotok? Frotak? Frotak. <laughs> Dude, I kept calling him Froyo. Froyo! <laughs> okay, that's him now. So Froyo comes in and apparently he was an old friend of Teal's. And Teal's like, oh, thank you so much for staying with my wife. Okay, so here's the thing. Teal, I love him because this is actually more, again, of an indictment of, of bad writing because... Oh, yeah. It's it super, doesn't feel like of people in this episode. Bad writing and bad. And, and I hate society because you'll have somebody who's extremely reasonable. Mm-hmm. As in, he's able to say this coming line, yes. acknowledging that he's not an active member mm-hmm. of her household anymore. I, I feel like we're coming from yes. the same exact and angle yet still a misogynistic, possessive dick. Because the second... After. Okay, read, okay first so read, yeah, read the bit. Your presence in the home of my wife is most welcome. He acknowledges it's her fucking house. And then immediately thereafter... And then the second... Yeah, he has, like, this really gracious, and then the second, oh no, um, this is my house, she canceled your marriage and married me, he just flips, like, a switch is just flicked, and he just turns into a fucking crazy person who immediately goes to choke this man out. And this man, who was a treasured friend of yours, after you acknowledged, I haven't been home, and after having just thanked him for helping your wife out. Fuck off. The, the, 
the total shift is ridiculous. And I'm sure Catherine Powell, like, okay, this is maybe not fair to me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm sure Catherine Powers thinks writing that was romantic, that he's so in love with her that he lost all sense. That's what, is that what people think when they see that? Oh, I don't God. know. I don't know. I also think that later on when he makes out with Drac later, it's the most awkward looking makeout I've ever seen in my life. How, how slowly he, like, has to, like, rearrange the angle oh, yeah, of his head. No, 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 the region was awful. It got hot pretty quick, actually, but it was not the, hot on the, the go. The initiation was bad. No, literally two seconds in was my, my exact thought was, oh, yeah, no, there's showtime. There you go. Because <laughs> it got dirty real Yeah, quick. yeah, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, just, like, no, do, no. do away with society's perception that this is romantic. Yes, also, I'm sorry, but it's... I'm not saying it doesn't exist, because obviously it does. Yeah. I am just so insulted by this concept that... I'm insulted by the real-life concept of adults not taking the time to think about their long-held beliefs. Mm -hmm. Or any of their... the sources of their impulses. Just because you believe something, and you have believed it your whole life and believe it to be true, doesn't mean you can't think about why. Yeah. Like, for example... To be fair, I grew up religious, and I'm now very much not. Yeah. Um, And that is a typical case, quote-unquote, is when somebody thinks about something, it's usually because they're going to stop doing mm-hmm. it. Another thing, I guess, actually, you know, a counterpoint is, you have examples of, like, um, uh, Mennonites and Amish, who mm-hmm. do, who do uh, Romspringa. Yeah. They have long-held beliefs, and they choose to hold on to them. Mm-hmm. As a concept, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. I wish more people had that as a concept in life, which is... And I'm not saying this as in, from a religious standpoint, like, everyone should stop and think about why they have religion and then maybe decide for themselves it's not yeah. the way. No. Whatever the fuck your decisions are, I may not agree with them, mm-hmm. but what, whether or not you have clearly thought them out is, in, is what determines my ability to respect you as a person. Yeah. And I think that Teal'c is a great example of people not doing that. Because mm-hmm. he's able to say, for example, the present, your presence in the home of my wife, mm-hmm. right? He's able to acknowledge that she has this, that, yeah. that she's the, the, the runner of it. And obviously he works with all the women around him every day. Absolutely. So he's obviously has a brain. He's obviously been able to think to himself about what equality means. And yet, the second there's anything else going, he just forgets all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm insulted by the concept of adults not being able to stop and think. Yeah, that's the thing. You are an adult. You are not a child. You are not learning and being influenced by adults and by the world you live in anymore. You have critical thinking abilities. Mm -hmm. You need to use them. Mm -hmm. And even if that means that you decide to go down a different thought process than I do, at the end of the day, at least you thought about it. At least you didn't just... Listen to what society told you and refuse to look at mm-hmm. facts or evidence or listen to anyone ever. Yeah, um, this whole scene, not just from the, it's not actually romantic, it's disgusting. Uh, yeah. Not just from the testosterone aspect. Not mm-hmm. from all of the uh, on-screen crap. Not just all of that. It just pisses me off, this concept that everyday people have. Where this was written, done, created, watched, 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 watched. Mm-hmm. And one of the conversation pieces I never really hear is, why didn't Teal'c think? Yeah. Jack basically says, hey, can your new husband be trusted to, you know, keep our presence a secret and not spill anything to the rest of the Jaffa? And Drake's like, you know, he, he won't do anything, you know, 
basically Drake and Braytag both are like, yeah, no, he's completely trustworthy on this. And Teal'c immediately is like, he cannot be trusted, he must be killed. Another fucking stupid oh, delivery. Yeah, the, so the killed thing was like, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And then, <laughs> but here's where I'm like, this, like, is, this is bad optics with the fact that Jack is immediately just going, okay, thinking about the smart, can he be trusted? We have a new person in the mix, we just have to make sure he can also be trusted. Teal'c comes in with insanity and no logic Stupidity, stupidity answer. Anger. Yeah. I think the only word in the script that day was just in big block letters, anger. And then, then we get Daniel coming in being, pr- granted, very Daniel pragmatic, and actually being like, actually, you should thank him. Thank you, practical Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and pointing out, you should actually be thanking him. Uh, they have a better life now. Usually... Um, Daniel's anthropological aspects are a little annoying, uh, annoying, annoying, wow, this is hard, annoyingly unwelcome, mm-hmm. here we go, because of, uh, for example, Broken Divide, where he's like, no, wait, yeah. you know, it's part of their mating ritual, just yeah. call it what you like, I call it rape, yeah. you know, it's like, let's just put it in this way, I'm not the person who takes a picture for photographic, um, journalistic integrity, I don't take a picture of the dying baby, I go help the yeah. baby, this, how is this a decision, no. so it's that kind of stuff, you know, but, um, I like how that kind of annoying aspect of his, it's not his characters, of, of that shit's always brought up yeah. to explain away uh, violence against those put in the weaker positions. There you go. So, yay. But in this case, he kind of takes that in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I like, the, I just like seeing that element, honestly, in reverse for once, ever, anywhere. Yeah. But I like how he's just like acknowledging where she was and acknowledging the tool that women have mm-hmm. at their disposal here, which is, and always has been, as we know from Earth Society, marriage. Yeah, yeah Drayak is very honest about the fact that she's like, look, we were in a shitty place. I thought you were dead. I saw an opportunity to improve things for my son. Yeah. Something you weren't doing. I, I know. Anytime, real life or otherwise, people get upset by this shit. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. What was she supposed to do? Because <laughs> you left her with so many options and resources. I also hate that afterwards, after they basically uh, split, you know, like, okay, everyone, Go to the opposite sides of the room so the testosterone could go down a little bit. The the ram the ram thing. What was yeah, it the, called? Uh, the I, I wrote it down. Thing? I wrote it down. It's um, Braytac tells Tilk, "Give me your word, you will not commit Kalmar Tokim." Right. Which Daniel um, translates, translates to Daniel. "Revenge by the wearer of horns," which just immediately, of course, was the ramming have you know, ram horn imagery, which just. And then, of course, immediately transformed into literal dick swords. Mm-hmm. I just started picturing. I, I started picturing guys putting horned loincloths on where their dick comes through the hole between the horns. Oh my god! And then I had to shut that thought down real fast because I was just deeply uncomfortable. You need to spend less time with Eric. with my subconscious. Um. But yeah. So I. Just that, I don't think that scene needed to exist at all, to no. be honest. <laughs> this episode Especially because I didn't really... Yeah, no, it didn't. Um, I also just really didn't enjoy hearing the word cuckold used in this episode at all. Uh, but yeah, so Teal decides to be a dramatic bitch and tells Drayak, okay, I'm gonna get, you know, my son back out from Apophis, and then I will never lay eyes on you again. And I do like that Drayak does, like, there's not much to like about this episode, but I do like that Drayak immediately is like, how dare you? I tried to give this this uh, new actor, I think, I think it was Brooke Parker, I think I read it. I tried to make mm-hmm. the credits for it. Um, I think it was Brooke Parker. She 
doesn't actually do a bad job. No. She, um, she's not a bad actor in this. If she had been the original choice, I would not have had a problem. I just... I had Sally Richardson yeah. first. Yeah. I also love Sally Richardson yeah. from Eureka mm-hmm. and have an established love for her. So it's no, just annoying seeing fair. someone take yeah. over that part just in periods. So I'm already inclined to be like, yeah, fuck this. But to her credit, she, um, and she actually did a really, really great job where they didn't even really zoom in too, too much on her. Like, cause she had, I don't know if you noticed, a fucking gorgeous mouth. Mm-hmm. And I really like that she did a great job with a full-on face tremble, with the trembling lips. Oh, yeah. And to, for once, I actually, I usually really hate seeing that trembling lip thing because it's really hard to do right, I think. Mm-hmm. But she did it well. Good yeah. job, man. And they, they didn't uh, hover on it too long. They didn't zoom in way too much. Yeah. I I've tend to notice that uh, most places will, uh, it's like the uh, upskirt of zooms where they yeah. just go, mouth. Look at how sexy that orifice is. Uh, and it's like, okay, we get it. Hey, yeah. by the way, she's crying. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Notebook, stage, say where I put you. No. Um, so that's always fun. But so she did a great job acting really sad. And then I really liked that. I was like, oh, God, she's so devastated. And then the next thing happens, and I was like, damn, good for her. Because <laughs> yeah, she just she takes a moment to be devastated and then transforms that real quick. Mm-hmm. I also do not... I really... Fuck, and I know he did this in Chulak as well. I really fucking hate that he calls her woman. Really hate it. I have a mixed relationship with that word because if done right, it can be sexy. It's not when he does it. I like it when, but if done right, only counts to me though when it's in the relationships where they call each other man and woman. Okay, yeah. Um, because Whereas this is, it. every time he says it, it sounds like a dismissal. It is. And it's terrible. No, it's it's, it's possessive and hate. I hate hate it. Oh, every time he calls her woman, I'm just like, stop. Stop. No, no, no. So I guess I have a mixed bag with it because there are times where I I like to hear it because sometimes in like a romantic, an actual romantic situation, um, like a chick will say, he's my man. Uh No, that's fine. Yeah. And he and she's my woman. That's when there's an very rare cases where it's not about being possessive. It's about. The, well, it's possess- possession, but it's, it's the mutual possession. Yeah. It's we have each other mm-hmm. thing, which I love. That's yeah, how absolutely. good love should work for those who want that kind. Absolutely. So that's terrific. And this is not that. No, This no, is no. him just trying to get her to be silent. Yeah. Which is cute, considering how he just likes to turn off respect for women at will. Yep. Um, I wonder she... what would happen if Sam ever pissed him off. Would he say that to her? Oh, she would fucking kneecap him. <laughs> I like to see him. Try. That's the thing is, Dreyok is not somebody to be fucked with, and he knows that. So that just tells you that he's an ass right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, but she basically says she doesn't like Froyo. She doesn't love Froyo. But she chose him for her son. Which, like you said, she's using what tools she has in this society to, you know, protect her son. She doesn't have that many options, especially after he branded her a traitor along with him. But she's doing what she has to. So, that night, they sneak in. Jafar dumb. Um, oh yeah, here we go. Uh, right, that, that intro part where they're, where they're sneaking in. Yeah. These matte painting backgrounds remind me of a Disneyland theme park ride. Beautiful. But I'm not entirely mad at it. <laughs> kind of have a more nostalgic feel. I kept yeah. thinking it reminded me of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean for some reason. Aww. Even though it was clearly nothing resembling yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it was more of the lighting flickering kind of thing. Maybe. Like the fires inside of the uh, ride. Anyway, um, and then here we go, right here. When he... So there's those two guards, yeah. right? Oh. Hey, dumb bitch is guarding the trap. Could you come over here around this corner yes! in the dark hallway, please, for a sec? Literally! <laughs> hey, bitch is guarding the trap. Could you come into this other trap? Oh, it's someone speaking speaking gold. 
They cannot possibly be against us, despite the fact that we are specifically guarding the son of a, a Jaffa traitor, someone speaking gold near us uh, in the distance, in the shadows, where we can't see what he looks like, must be okay. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, yeah, they I hear just, these guys. <laughs> this is Ted um, and Dave's younger brothers. Yeah, there we go. And they, they you know, get, to, get into the room, and the second they open the door, Ryak just, like, darts to run out. <laughs> And they immediately grab him, and he starts yelling and shouting, and, and Teal's the one who grabbed him and starts calling him a traitor and everything. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so the kid is obviously trying... Okay, I it was just... It was always really weird to me uh-huh. that he was obviously trying to run, and I guess it's obvious that he's trying to run away from them. Yeah. But it was just a little weird in his method of running, because the door opens. They aren't even really fully in there yet, and... It's just, it seemed like a weird time, literally just like the worst way to do that. Listen, Ryan's not smart. It, I just don't, don't want to bolted right smart. the second the door opened. Like, I, I mean, there was literally, it just, at first, it seemed like he was trying to escape from the room. It was, that's exactly it. It was done that way just so that for a brief second we could think. The audience that, would yeah. think that he's trying to make a break for it until, Which oh no, now he knows his parents. To be honest. Because as soon as you, it's one of those things where as soon as you think about it, you're like, wait, why? It's like when you've seen, um, Now You See Me, when you, the big reveal of who's behind it, you're like, yeah. wait, but he was protect, why would, there's times where he's alone and he's still invested. Why would he do this? <laughs> Who did he do this for? That doesn't make any sense, but I still love it. But yeah, so basically, they weren't expecting this. Um, Ryak continues to shout for help, and they realize uh, they aren't going to be able to get him out. Especially because he manages to get out of Tilt's hands a second later, and like as Jaffa guards come responding to the call, he darts around a corner. So the team's like, we, we have to leave. We have to dip now. It'd be stupid to chase after him. Because, yeah, Apophis might have less scars, but we don't know how many. Right. <laughs> and we don't know the rest of this palace well enough to chase after one kid who clearly doesn't want to go with us. Right. It's too dangerous, so they yeah. have to retreat. I feel like at this point, they hadn't started instructing the kid yet at anything. I think they were trying to test to make sure the brainwashing had taken root, mm-hmm. that it worked. Um, and it was it was established to them that it was, then they could start working on it. I with do the have thing. to wonder. I do have to wonder on that part, especially because it's like, why didn't you immediately implant the thing and let them take them the first yeah. time? I, and I, I, I tell, that's why I'm sitting here going, yeah. wait, what the no, fuck? No, to be honest, that should have been what happened. It would have been a very short episode, though, which is the issue. But I do also, and again, this is me making excuses for the show, but this is what I do. My the only thing I can think is that Apophis was like, look. Maybe I can kill them when they come in the gate, and then it won't be an issue. But if I can't, I have a second plan. Yeah, I guess. So when I don't know, I, I my my main thing. It's stupid. They should have just had him al- already be in that room and be like, "Daddy, thank you, take me home." Exactly, because that would have like that would there would have been no questions risen. And honestly, I think I honestly I, I kind of can't help but think that the reason why they didn't write it that way is because they didn't want to focus more on the second half because exit counseling, not deprogramming, actual real you know cult removal type mm-hmm. shit involves serious, heavy, intense counseling. Oh yeah, and it's a very um heavy process that. Would have um, like I mean I know they are they're capable with like like need for example but yeah. even with need they kind of wrap that mm-hmm. emotional part up 
pretty quick. Oh, yeah, they yeah, don't, yeah. I think they don't like to focus no. on the big emotional shit because it's hard to write. Yeah. Or something. I'm not saying it's okay. I think it's stupid. I think it's flawed. Um, and I think that they need to focus on that shit mm-hmm. more, the outcome part yeah. more than the income part. The only thing I think is that at the end of the day, Stargate is supposed income. to be like an action adventure show. Oh, I get that. And they don't want to... Sp- they don't want it to turn into a soap oh, opera kind of thing. thing. No. Which is not, I'm not disagreeing with you. They could stand to take some episodes and just, you know. They're, they're just, I just, they're not proportioned right. Yeah. If they had let him, if they had done it the smart way and let him actually just go mm-hmm. the first time, that meant the, that would mean the episode would actually have to focus on rehabilitating the kid a yeah. lot more, which might have been too hard to write. So they might have had to, maybe they backtracked at some point and went, okay, let's make this harder. Let's extendo the front time. Unless Apophis was actually smart enough to be like, if I just have the kid just be that easy to get, they're going to really suspect a trap. Whereas if yeah, I uh-huh, give this, like, this, uh, give and take of a, a tug of war kind of thing where I look like I'm really trying to keep him under my control, then they'll let their guard down a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Apophis isn't one of the stupidest gold no. system wars we've seen, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to me that if they were going to go with the kid uh, doing the I love you thing, it was a weird choice yeah. to do in the method that they did. This episode's always been confusing. Yeah. No, the more we delve into yes. it, the more we try to explain it, the more it just doesn't track. The structure Nothing doesn't tracks. make any sense. Nothing tracks. Yeah, it's too many elements that don't make sense together. It's just it's, it's a puzzle built out of three different puzzles put together. Um. So they come back. Drax is clearly, like, really upset because she was expecting her son to be back with them. What? And Teal'c's only response, like I said, I, I wrote down a lot of the actual dialogue from this episode, is he says you can, but this genuinely did, sound like a teal line, which is why I wrote it down. He says, you cannot feel more contempt for me than I hold for myself in failing to bring Ryan yes, back. Yes, yes. And that actually really felt like a teal line. Yeah. Which was important in an episode where teal doesn't sound like teal at all. Right. <laughs> so I had to write it down. Yeah, he's like, yeah, because yeah, if he was being a shithead there, he could have said something like, you know, no bitch, I know what I said, or anything yeah. like that. But no, instead he went, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs up to life. Woo. Uh, but yeah, so then, um, timing wise, Apophis definitely like asked some advisor, like, okay, how long would it take to run back from my apartment, from my castle to <laughs> apartment? Sorry, <laughs> to Drake's new digs. How how about how long would that take? And then I was like, oh, this long. Okay, wait a minute longer than that, and then we'll do this news report <laughs> because literally. As they're settling down in the, the house, there's Apophis shows up on the, the viewing globes that apparently all homes have. No, no, no. Okay, that was, that was my first thought, and I realized it was just it was just bad filming um, editing right there uh, because they go out in the next like as that scene progresses, they walk out to the porch to go watch it. Oh. It's a big ass like it's like the center of the town has okay. like a big speech podium type thing for that. She's yeah, that really just, poorly shown. Yeah, yeah. That, that or is in front of that building they snuck into, which happens to be like a focal point for the town. It's no, no, no they got to Dreyak's place from the, that point. That's what, I meant. That's what I'm saying. Maybe like maybe Dreyak's place is like down the main street. That <laughs> when they were planning the initial invasion, Frodo did point out that the place that Dreyak was being held was a close to his home, mm-hmm. and b the room he was being held in mm-hmm. was close to where he worked. There you go. Well, yeah, because so he seems to be fair. the new first prime. He's got the gold the gold symbol now. 
No, he wasn't a first prime. He was... God, he... He must have been. He had a gold symbol. He... He was not first prime. He was... They specifically said something about, like, what he... He uh. worked something with, like, archives or something. It's just, like, Gross. a highly respected member of the Jafar. Yeah, not realizing. Maybe it's, like, more like a like general a thing. Like, a, like, like a yeah. high... Like, admiral or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High, highest, highest of I your just, rank in this area. From like, I don't think he explicitly said what his job was. A member of the cabinet, place, maybe. But f- his wording made it seem like he did something with like archives or something. Yeah, okay, I, I, I don't disbelieve you. I just, I, I literally didn't pay attention to what he said he did because I saw the gold thing. Yeah, and assumed he was first. Prime. Well, because um, in the Knox episode, I, I don't. Here's another thing. I don't think Apophis would have trusted the best friend of Teal'c to be his new first prime. Because remember, the last first prime they replaced Teal'c with was someone who fucking loathed Teal'c, who had, like, trained under him and, like, begrudged him that. Well, maybe Froyos was, maybe Froyo was outwardly claiming to be a loathing member. Because he was also, dude, can you imagine how easy it would be to do the public persona and go, bitch, I hate this asshole so much, I now married his wife True, yeah. and have his kid. I hate him so much, I'm raising his kid I, now. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't think he's now first he's my kid. Now. Also, I just assume because he lives right down the, the street from the main building, Braytac has the gold thing, and he mm-hmm. was a first prime. Teal'c's ex-student was the new first yeah. prime and had the gold thingy, and now this dude has the gold thingy. It just kind of made sense to me. The only thing I can think is that either, if he was first prime, either... You're really going through him fast. I like the probation officers yeah. of... Either Apophis made him first prime knowing that he shouldn't trust him, so didn't tell him the full plans of what he was going to do with Ryak. That's the only way it makes sense for him to... Because if... If Apophis made him first prime thinking, yeah, this guy genuinely hates Teal, he would have told him what the plans were with Ryak. He is the first prime. You would be involved in those plans. You'd think. Well, I don't to be fair, he was married to the... Maybe he didn't trust the Yeah, wife. but why, why would you then make him first prime? You wouldn't. Well, maybe he was first prime, prime I don't first, think he and then he took prime. prime. They did, to be... I'm doing a you here. They didn't actually ever establish when he... Uh, when they married, when he, when yeah. Dreyak remarried. Yeah, they don't so say that at it all. It could have been a more, a much more recent mm-hmm. thing. No, well, actually, it it, okay, wow. It had to be obviously recent oh, yeah, in the sense of like after they died. Home, yeah, yeah, after they recently quote unquote died. So it had to have been pretty fucking recent. So if he, let's say he was first prime, it, this could have been a very, very recent addition <laughs> to things. And he may not, um, you know what? Trust, no, be able to trust no yet. by the way, by the way that the Jaffa guards, um, talk to him in a few minutes in this, uh, in our notes, he can't possibly be first prime. You're right, he actually definitely can't because he says, um, something along the lines of Apoph- Apophis would be, uh, and the guy says this is time by Apophis's order In the victim's house. Yeah. So I feel like he probably would have said his first prime's house instead of victim's house. Yeah. So. And also just by the dismissive way this guy was talking to Froyo. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. if they, they, they would have at least, like... So, yeah, it seems to be a high-ranking thing yeah. versus... So, basically, Apophis goes on the TV to be like, Hey, y'all, I'm still alive, and I'm still cool and powerful, and look how cool and powerful I am. I got, you know, you know, my uh, my first prime a while ago that it's betrayed like four me. four ago now. <laughs> yeah. The one that betrayed me and almost blew my, sh- almost blew me up along with my ship. And all that shit. Yeah, you remember how embarrassing that was? Well, guess what? I got his fucking son. And he likes me. And he supports me. And then he just lets Ryak be like, yes. You know, 
that person's a traitor, blah, 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 uh, I, uh, Apophis is my one god, blah, 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 just like the party line. He's given the party line. But then he says uh, a part where he says his mom is being kept prisoner by Teal'c and his, his part, his team. Uh, he calls her Drac of the Morning Chomka Groves. And uh, they put a bounty on Teal'c's head and the team in general, dead or alive. And afterwards, Tilk says that last bit was a sign that Ryak is fighting his programming because um, Drake is not of the Morning Chomka Groves. She's of something planes. He talk, He says that, like, hey, we used to spend a lot of time together in the Chomka Groves, you know, before I left my family and forgot they existed. Clearly he's saying come get me in the morning at the Chomka Groves. And Jack rightfully goes, that's a really complicated plan for a kid to be coming up with, Teal. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is going to be a, this is that, this is convenient for me because I can, um, I can also bring this up as a way to bring up a note I forgot to mention. Yeah. This is just something we were talking about earlier. I, um, this is just a, ties in with what we were talking about earlier. I really fucking hate this shit. Earlier, when they were, you know, getting, resolving, getting Teal to get over himself a little yeah. bit with um, convincing him to, you know, shut up, stop being a pissy bitch, let's go yeah. um, do our thing. Mm-hmm. He, Braytac says, you know, something, 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 and then we'll talk about, your, you can talk with your wife. And I was like, in that conversation, you just discussed how she dissolved your yeah. marriage, and, and yet you are still call. referring her to her as your wife. Because God I'm forbid so she has her own identity. Not just that, but let's 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 speak in your language. Let's speak in the language of chattel owners. She's now someone else's chattel. Mm-hmm. You literally just acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. It's possessive and assholeish, yeah. and I'm tired of it. Because even reasonable people, it's, it's more of that you know whole indoctrination thing. Because even somebody like Braytac still yep. doesn't understand how dumb it is that he just referred to her as someone else's mm-hmm. wife, and yet is still calling her Teal's wife. Yeah, it's like. If you're going to determine this thing by ownership, at least follow your own fucking code. But you're pretending not to. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm either be free thinking or not, but at least adhere to one. <laughs> so, so the only good thing about that interaction, the crappiness yeah. of it, is that at least it established that Teal'c is an idiot. Yeah, he is. He's such an idiot in this episode. And I, but and I'm at least, and I'm saying in the emotional sense, yeah. because let's say it's forgivable. It isn't. But let's say it's forgivable. Sorry, to do that the John Oliver way. It just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just fucking not. Yeah. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. He seems to be something that, well, let's say when he's loving somebody. This, demonstra- this by the way, behavior is not demonstrative. No. But is, de- is not a way to demonstrate love. But let's say it was. It could be that when he's re- dealing with, in regards to people that he deeply cares about, he is incapable of seeing past this basic mm-hmm. decision process. So it could be that he just is looking at his kid and going, yep, he, he overcame the process, let's go. He's not questioning yeah. it because it's just, there's nothing going on there. Mm-hmm. He's just thinking, kid's not dead, I love kid, let's go. Yep. <laughs> and doesn't want the kid to be hurt. Mm-hmm. So I could see that from the emotional idiots aspect. That's pretty much the only person in this scene who gets a pass in that aspect. Yeah. Because even when they're questioning it, they still kind of just, except for Jack, when they stop, stop yeah. for a moment, everyone's kind of like, all right, I guess we're just going to go. To be fair, no, to be fair, everyone else agrees with Jack 100% that this is too simple, but they also point out we can't just stay here. While they're having this discussion, they have knocks on the door, 
And it's the Jafar we were talking about earlier who are like, we have instructions to search for the traitor here. Yep. And they found the extra with the goatee and went, ha ha, evil goatee, mm-hmm. you're on front. And uh, while Froyo is out front, I do like that he actually, when they get come to the door, he makes a choice to step outside and close the door behind him, buying extra time. That was a smart choice mm-hmm. on his part. To get everyone yeah. into a secret little hiding That doesn't look suspicious is why I like yeah, exactly. it. exactly. Exactly. Because it doesn't look suspicious at all. It doesn't look suspicious. Excuse you. It also makes... With him stepping out and closing the door, it avoids any potential sight of movement behind mm-hmm. him if he, like... Even if he, like, bought time by, like, standing in the open doorway talking mm-hmm. to him, there's the chance they would have spotted something moving in the back. Proof of By house. stepping out and closing the door, he buys extra time and denies them any chance of seeing anything or hearing it because I kept noticing how loud it was Mm -hmm. Uh, but proof of how this episode is just not good this scene is so well done in that 30 seconds of just like smart Mm -hmm. that 5 seconds of smart that it really makes it it, this is why it's so much more painful that he does such a stupid flip oh yeah because he's somebody who's capable of thinking on his feet absolutely He's very and yet confident is, in this scene. Yeah, everybody in this movie, all the men in this movie, the two main focused on men here mm-hmm. in this in this uh, scene uh, uh, episode are two people who are established. It's it's it makes sense why they be friends because it's established that they're both clear headed, reasonable thinking mm-hmm. people who for some fucking reason at the drop of a hat will become complete morons. Over a woman. Over a woman, mm-hmm. and it's like, and I don't mean in the sense when people say that like over a woman like she's worthless. I mean that as in the. This is over hurt dick feelings? Are you yeah, kidding me? exactly. Uh, but yeah, so they hide in a little secret passage thing uh, until the Jafal leave. And then Teal'c goes like, hey, Froyo, my bad, I doubted you until now. And this is the line where I was like, are you kidding me with the timing of this? Because Froyo's response is like, I am one of your oldest friends. I would hope that you would trust me um, longer, better, or whatever. By now. By now. Something like that. Something basically better like... Better than that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. And then, that night, Drag and Teal both can't sleep. Oh, sorry. Because before, before, yeah. you before you get there? Before you get there? I had a I had a problem with the uh, searching scene. Yeah. Just because when the... I know the door is fully closed and yeah. everything by the time that one guy gets up there to do a uh-huh. search. But I do like how they kind of purposely show that he doesn't really do a, um, a full search of the wall they went behind. And I guarantee you why is because they did a great job building the set. Mm-hmm. That door was great. If this were an escape room, that would be a really cool set. Hell yeah. That being said, for a TV purpose here, this is supposed to be a camouflaged wall... That outline of the door is so painfully fucking obvious because all of those stones are cut like rectangular stones. And yet, for some fucking reason, all of a sudden there's just this big old diagonal cut followed by another straight cut with another diagonal. It's full on a door Mm -hmm. shape sliced through roughly hewn rock. And it's obviously something that would catch the eye, yeah. at the very least, because it breaks the lines of the wall. The well, explanation still. <laughs> is that this search, like a lot of things Apophis does in this episode, was just for show. Yeah, well, cursory or anything, yeah. but yeah. I just might, I just had to write it down because it was, this guy has the Stormtrooper aim equivalent of observation yeah, skills. that's fair. I mean, to be fair, I literally have a note in here where I'm like, why are Jafas so stupid? Right? <laughs> so, Drag and Teal both can't sleep because they're worried about... Uh, their son. 
And they have a little quiet conversation that does not fucking matter at all. That ends with them awkwardly moving in to make out. Because they had to do that camera-ready style. That's so bad. Of course, then they pan back and you see that Froyo is watching this happen. Has got the he looks furious. Shakespearean timing within us all. And he, like, grabs a whole bunch of stuff and, like, storms out. God damn it. I wanted to, like, one day I want to go through, one recording session I want to get through without kicking this thing. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? He grabs his stuff and, like, storms out. But thankfully, Jack also couldn't sleep because he was like, oh, this is too easy. I don't trust any of this shit. So he was awake this whole time and hears this guy leaving and follows him. And follows him all the way to this guy going to a Jaffa guard to be like, I know where the traitor is. And Jack takes out those Jaffa and shoots him once and is like, you have a chance. You have a chance to make the right choice here. Like even, because he starts shouting for guards. So he like covers his mouth. And he's only shot him once. So he's like knocked down, but he's not dead yet. Because he's using the Zat guns. And he like hold, you know, covers his mouth. He's like, dude, you have a choice. You have a chance right here to make the right choice. To be there with uh, Dreyak and Ryak and, like, you know, not do this. You know, you have that chance. (laughs) Nice and easy. Nice and quiet, I think he says. You have a chance. You're nice and quiet. (laughs) And he lifts up his hands, and there's a beat where you're like, ooh, maybe he's actually going to have a brain. Remember, he starts hauling back to his feet again. Like, he's going to give him a shot. The guy actually, like, for a second, not not like he's, like, giving him a second. He just gets hauled for a second before he gets out time. But, yeah, a beat passes. And then he starts shouting again. And... Jack's just like, all right, and shoots him once to kill him, and then looks at him for a second and shoots him a third time to disappear him. <laughs> and that's the moment you realize that... Tilk's like, I... Not Tilk. Jack is like, I gave you the chance. I gave you the chance to use your head here. This is the mission. Bye. <laughs> this is the scene I think that the writers overall started to realize that they'd fucked up with the creation of the Zats. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, this is too convenient of a weapon. Uh-huh. This is a super convenient weapon. So they just... Don't have it around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they don't explain so, why. They purposely just don't do it. Well, to be fair, they only have like what five of them, right? But that's they what I mean. A is, couple, and, and they just—that's the thing about the show—is one thing that always kills me about Stargate Atlantis is they always seem to have a ready supply of uh, rape guns. Mm-hmm. And I'm great. I'm sure it's because they shoot down lots of rape and everything. But they're just—it's—it's—they never show them being like harvested. Uh-huh. So they just always have all these guns, and they always have enough um, gold staff weapons. Mm-hmm. And they always have a zat. Yeah. And you're telling me they never go, you know, and they're all, but you know, one thing they're also always having happen to them? Getting captured, shit like that. They have these things periodic, periodically taken away from them. I know they also get them back. Yeah. I'm just saying the income outcome once again doesn't always line up. So I know, sure, there's probably tons of stuff happening off screen. Yeah. We don't know about. But I like how some of that off screen stuff is clearly making it so that zats don't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> because um, it's just a little too convenient. But yeah, so Jack comes back in stolen Jafar armor, which they apparently never decided to use again, even though it would be super useful to have a full set of Jafar armor for a system lord that is still alive. I also enjoy it. I, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just enjoying the part where... The idea where he was able to get into where that Where did he alone. get it? Yeah, where, I, I, I'm not saying there isn't a storage closet full of them, but I just would have loved... I assumed that he hid in a storage closet when they came I thought it was like a bedroom or something. Yeah, it's we don't yeah. see what right, he's exactly. in just, He's just behind a door. Yeah. Which, again, you know the really annoying part about showing a scene where when you, like, for example, like, oh, and there he's peeking behind the doors. You know, I remember that, my favorite part about that scene was how fucking loud and creaky that door was. Yeah. And that Jafar was literally right yep. there. He was like a foot behind him. No fucking sh- way he didn't hear Jafar that door. Jafar stupid. And 
We didn't hear the... Fuck you. Don't do the sound effect if you're not going to do yeah. the sound effect. <laughs> uh, so, but sorry, like, where did, I, I would have paid money to see him sneaking through that place, trying to find that armor, and then trying to get it on by himself and all of that shit. I would have paid good money mm-hmm. to see that. So he tells them, hey, uh, Freya's dead. He tried to turn us all in. Uh, and Drake He was real- inconvenient to the storyline. Drake realizes why he got mad and unfairly blames herself. The only tiny aspect of blame I could even slightly agree with is the part involving vows. Mm-hmm. Because she did officially dissolve her marriage to one dude, start another with new vows, and then went on back Listen, on those vows. How I ever no, that is the, the only thing. thing she did. Every decision he made was oh, his yeah. own. Now here's the thing. She whether she loved him or not. She decided to marry him, and it's real bad form the second your ex-husband shows up to immediately start making out with him, especially mm-hmm. in the home of a long your new husband. As, and I know let's go to a motel right. woman. And <laughs> I would I was earlier gonna make a comment about like, you know, it's like once again, it's not now all of a sudden it's not her home, it's you know, and he, I like how he's even called like our home, it's his home. Yeah. And I was gonna be annoyed by it, but then even she later called it in his own house kind mm-hmm. of crap. But yeah, but so on but, that side, yeah, she made yeah, a if bad you're gonna decision. Call his house, don't kiss your ex-husband in his house. Exactly. But at the end of the day, he is responsible for being a little immature piss baby about it afterwards. Uh, yeah. He's an adult. Also, he should have spoken to both of them because theoretically, he was supposed to have a respectful relationship with both of them. Right. Exactly. Like I just like how he just. It wasn't even just the like. He liked Dreyak and married her. He was supposed to be an old friend of Teal's. Right? And he throws away his history with both of them. Right? I guess it's because he really wanted... I think... I think it's trying to be implied that he wanted Teal probably to go for, like, the get the worst possible punishment. So... Because, like, a traitor's mm-hmm. death is, like, yeah. the worst. So he was uber mad and really just wanted to heal Turk. Heal Heal Turk. Hurt Teal. But... I'm real fucking tired of this shit. Of a story that's being told over and over of a guy throwing away years of mutual trust mm-hmm. and all there that comes therein over an instance worth of her dick's feeling. Yep. No, I can't. Aren't like, I mean, honest? what the... Why? Why? I'll even take walking up to him and punching him. More of a, yeah. a an intelligent, impulsive rage reaction then this stupid walking up to walking up to Teal and punching him would be an equivalent thoughtless action to Teal Kadrea kissing in his home in the first place. That's an equivalent trade because they both made stupid impulsive decisions, but it was low scale. It was just making out. Yeah. Walking up and punching him, impulsive, low scale decision. Fine. Fine. But just... Because all he cares about is if the... His hurt feelings, his hurt pride. Yeah, if, if the other guy's gone, then she's my property yeah. again. And I love that story sometimes. They like to tell about it there. It's like, and then she'll never be tempted again. And we'll be happy and all that shit. And it's like, ah, uh, so much infantilizing. Mm-hmm. So much everything in there. And it could, there's all these elements in there. The thing is, is while that's something that obviously is it's believable because it does happen, you know, as a, as a personality yeah. flaw detriment. There we go. Um... Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't necessarily know if I understand how it always goes hand in hand with seemingly reasonable people in storylines, because I don't think that happens in real life. I feel yeah. like if, if real, real people are the ones who do the low scale to low scale. Uh-huh. 
Uh, but yeah, so the next morning, they go to the groves that were in the message. Raya is walking along with a retinue of Jaffa in a clearly posed scenario. Yeah. Watch us walk mm-hmm. along the grass. Yeah. Isn't this a morning? So the team knock out all the Jaffa. Uh, and suddenly, Ryak suddenly is so thrilled to see Teal, like, runs to him, like, oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and Sam immediately is like, this is too easy, and Daniel's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, nobody other than Teal buys this. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, this is too... Uh, and Jack immediately tells Sam, search Ryak. Yeah. <laughs> Use yours, like, she like pats him down. And yeah, she pats yeah. him down first for weapons, but then she puts his, her hand right over his heart for the um, heart bomb. Oh yeah, yeah, because the yes, Nakoda heart bomb. Yes, okay. and because she has the Nakoda sensing thing. thing. Yeah, and she's like, just like, smart. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that's what he was. She was yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's back. Yeah, she like, I know he brings up Cassandra later. Yeah, but I didn't even think that that's why she put. Uh, her hand there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, just go. She was literally. I, That's I, actually really clever. Yeah. Uh, visual direction. It was. Right there. Um, it was well done combo. It was not. This isn't their credit because they didn't do this part. Um, it just it's more good luck than anything. I mean, we've talked this before. Everyone just kind of knows that women are obviously in society regarded as low threat, mm-hmm. no threat. So when it's a kid, you want they tend. You know, it makes yeah. sense for you to want to use the lowest seeming threat to a kid yeah. to pat him down. So. Mom's not right there. Have the soldier mm-hmm. lady do it. Cool. Awesome. Great. Sam's also, you know, really friendly looking and everything. Yeah. She's not intimidating looking mm-hmm. in general. What she wants to be as if she walks up but to the kid with a smile. she's also confident. And she's confident. And obviously, you know, she's a soldier. It, the, the, her being a chick is not the point no. here. It's happenstance. Yeah. And they use it accordingly Absolutely. as a no, tool. This was well, it's this was well done well as, as a quick little thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was never established to me that they have her do it because she's a woman. No. That's what they do. It's, hey, you'll be the least threatening. Let's use you to do this. While also, hey, guess what? Not only while you're doing that can you look for weapons, but you can also look for internal weapons of a certain variety. Yeah, because, like, when when he, like, tells Sam to search Ryak, uh, and she says he's clean, like, Teal'c's even kind of like, this, this is unnecessary, he's clearly back, blah, blah, blah. And Jack's like, yeah, you remember Cassandra? <laughs> right? Like, yes, because the gold never used children as weapons. Yeah. But as far as really kills, I just... I, yeah. And Teal'c even tries to be like... Oh well, the symbiote would stop uh, that sort of thing from working on him, and and Jack is like, you don't know that for sure. Based on what logic? Because Teal just assumes that anything that would affect a normal human won't affect a Jaffa. Teal's not a biologist. Yeah, and the thing is, doesn't see that's the thing. Here's the thing. Doesn't mean they still want to try. Doesn't mean they want to still try yeah, exactly. to do it. That's the thing. Teal has rebelled against a lot of his indoctrinated views. The idea that a gold larva in your stomach would protect you from fucking anything, he clearly has not shrugged that indoctrination off yet. I mean, I always perceived him personally just because he himself has experienced what it's done for him as his Mm -hmm. immune system. I just had personally translated it more of the lines of, yeah, but dude... You're a fully grown adult yeah. with immune system therein. I don't know how their immune system works with that because because the thing is, if it functions as their immune system, and it's obviously not like because they grow at a different rate, yeah. right? It's still a premature. I don't. I, I it also assumed, replaces their immune system, right? I just assume because assumed, when they're kids, they don't have it. Yeah, I just assume like their muscle mass, for example, everything about them would have to be somewhat connected. Yeah, to the the presence, whatever mm-hmm. that might be, as a byproduct, even. Um, but I'm just assuming their physiology is built in yeah. around it. So I'm assuming a kid, for example, 
wouldn't have as much restorative power so. and as as a result of it yet because he's not mature enough mm-hmm. this is based on no logic yeah, no, no, it's based on not it's logic based, sorry, not, it's based on no facts from the show it's, it's based, based entirely on, on my logic of what would make sense to me it's but... based on as much facts as teal is using in, this well, in the sense that i no, I, I don't know if the show has ever really said anything about it. I've never seen anything. I never. I don't remember. I don't remember them really ever they specifying yet. They yeah. might. Later. Well, I meant like to like where the where the lines drawn for the immune system part, like the strength of it or so on. No, they haven't yet. Like yeah. they might later. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So kids versus adults. I just assumed kids would be weaker in that regard. Kids' immune systems in general and on Earth <laughs> yeah. are weaker than adults' immune systems. So it just made sense to me <laughs> that it made no sense that this kid would be able to break it down faster. Or sorry, uh, uh, would be able to break it down. Um, maybe an adult would, mm-hmm. but why would a kid? Why yeah, would that translate? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so Sam and Jack still don't really trust this is a win. And I do like this scene where Jack just like crouches down on Ryak, just like, right, what's up? So, so what's so what's the scam here, Ryak? <laughs> like he just doesn't buy it, and he's just like, look, kid, I know you're fucking lying to me. What's the plan? Just come on, come on, be straight with me. What the? I like the kid. That's why I was actually pretty convinced the kid is not bad at acting. Or maybe the directing was really good here. Who knows? Either way, the kid does a really great job of... His face doesn't change much. Very visibly, like, reading off of a script. But yeah, but his, he, exactly. But I like the little half blink as he goes, down the new script. Exactly! exactly. He just... Because he wasn't expecting him to say What's that exact, yeah. like, intro. But he was... He probably uh, remembering that was literally him flashing to the moment to that le- one whatever lesson Apophis apophis said when yeah. he went mm-hmm. now they'll ask you something yeah, exactly. say this so he goes blink i didn't <laughs> yeah no, I, there's no scam what yeah but i my note here literally is like this kid is just reading off a script my dude like it's so visibly obvious that what's coming out of his mouth is not natural it's so clearly coached but like and and to the rest of SG1's credit they all still don't really buy it. Even Daniel. Even Daniel's like, mm. yeah. But Daniel points out, he's like, look, we can't stay here. And I do agree with him. Chulak, especially since Apophis is here, and especially because they now really don't have a safe home to go back to, not a great choice. You have other planets you could leave to instead of SG-1 while you take the time to really figure out what is going on with Ryak. That's my problem with this. Yeah, we can't stay here. The, the yeah, long. you can't stay it here. For long, you but you have other sites. You have sites that don't have people on it. You have choices that aren't SG one. So I don't like that. Oh, we can't stay here. No, you're right. You can't stay here. You don't have to go back to SG one. Yeah, I, um, I I went down a much more cold hearted route than you did. I when they said we can't leave them here, I said, I mean, I disagree. There's a perfectly good outcast camp like three miles over there. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me that the out. I know that there's probably tons of outcasts who would do anything for a tiny amount of favor mm-hmm. and would totally rot them out. But you're telling me that you're there's not people who walk out there constantly with their faces covered. Mm-hmm. You could easily hide. Well, I would say that they're saying we can't leave them here because everyone is aware of the fact that this is the last chance they have to fix this thing with his family because Hammond said this is the last time this is a problem for us. Yeah. So if he leaves them on Shulak, it will become a problem again. Yeah, no, what, I, what I mostly meant there is like, I went down completely cold hearted. You went really pragmatic. I went, no, I just went like, I mean, fuck him, bye. Yeah. Like, I was mostly the kid. I was just yeah. kind of like, I mean, because Ryak's fucking terrible in this episode, which, fine, I know it's not the kid's fault. I know, but it's still. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being a hardcore asshole yeah. here, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here's the thing. What if you did leave him? <laughs> <laughs> what 
what's the worst that could happen? I'm talking from observation purposes. Mm-hmm. I would never do this, yeah. but like, let's say, let's just say you just leave the kid and watch from the trees and see what happens when he interacts with the people who come for him yeah. and then maybe reassess because if they so clearly want this to be a trap, they'll probably reset the trap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe then you could do something about it. I understand it'd be a different episode. But I don't think it'd be longer because then you could skip out that deprogramming part yeah. where you do it. This could be this could be like a two-parter episode type thing. This could have been a different yeah. story. It could have. It should have. But so basically, they're like, okay. Um, they go to the gates, and I have a note here saying Apophis is running low on Jafar, and the ones he has don't even fit in their armor. <laughs> That's a uh, Dave and who was the other one? Todd. Ted. Ted. Todd better up Todd. 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 Todd and Dave. They easily take the the gate. And this is actually the scene where there's that pretty good distance shot of the whole team getting to their their rocks and, like, hiding behind them and waiting for the countdown. I do like that, like, everyone else is, like, crouched down ready. Daniel's back is to the rock and he's, like, almost reclining. I'm like, Daniel! (laughs) I don't think you under... My cat has a similar theory about how bodies work. She loves to to go under blankets. Mm -hmm. And now she's invisible. Yeah. A lump. That's, that's, that's a cat. My favorite, my favorite is when sometimes she thinks she's being super sneaky and she'll dive under and her butt's sticking out. (laughs) But she can't see you. I'm hidden. (laughs) So it's kind of like that. It's like, uh, so Daniel, your head. (laughs) No, no. To be fair, his head was not sticking over the, the, the rock. I bet this is like when you lean back like that. Let's say that you were leaning out of sight. Your, your upper half leaned out, but you're leaning. You're not yeah. actually moving out yeah, of that. Okay. Your lower body is yeah. still inside when you no, leave. I just thought it was funny because of the fact that it's like, you're not ready to run up and take the gate. <laughs> I just, I've always hated when they lean. It's not, when it's the, I know sometimes leaning works, obviously, yeah. whatever the, when the, I'm when the like, angles work. When the angle is specifically definitely not working for me, you see them like do this against the wall some more. I'm like, yes, because your chest is invisible now or something because you're just, Physics yeah. still exists. Like, what's happening here? Yeah, so they, they take the gate, they go through. This was another moment where I'm like, okay, this is actually a pretty nice, tiny moment of directing. Uh, while they're saying goodbye to Braytac, you can see the light of the gate, you know, the, the blue of the gate, reflecting off of Braytac's helmet. And because Jack and Sam still don't trust this, they, and because it's also protocol, they immediately send Ryak to have, like, a checkup with Janet, and she's like, "Look, I don't see anything weird." I understand that your basic checkups don't involve X-rays and shit. Yeah, and I get that they already had Sam do her little yeah. thing, so I understand that they definitely don't think gold in inside of his head are a problem. Mm-hmm. But it is odd to me that on, in SGC specifically, a checkup isn't a little bit more invasive, involving more deep scans. The only thing I can think is that those were planned for later on in the day. Because this was like an X-ray initial yeah. and, I, and I mean outside of from the fact that it would have been too convenient if they did. It would have been inconvenient if they did because that would have found oh, also, the teeth almost yeah. fucking immediately. Also, <laughs> if they don't do an initial quick checkup like that to see if there's any really obvious oh, yeah. things, and then they put them through a machine where it could go really no. fucking wrong. No, the first yeah, checkup, yeah. No, the first checkup has to happen. That, I understand. Yeah, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with that part. I just, I always, I was just wondering why they don't conclude the checkup after the more invasive tests. Like, mm-hmm. and now we're doing the MRI, yeah. and and then then doing your mm-hmm. okay. So we finished our tests, and it looks like he's clean. Yeah. Well, because and after Janet gives him a 
quote unquote clean bill of health or whatever. Yeah, I Jack just like that part says after. I yeah. like that to be later. Jack even says, like, look, I still want a guard on him. And I want a cat scan. Teal <laughs> even agrees. Teal yeah. doesn't argue with him on this. Probably because he's just relieved that they're home. He's like, look, I'll let you be paranoid. They're here now. Oh, no, my kidney's a guard. He's going to be in a deep mountain bunker surrounded by soldiers mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Who probably would notice a kid roaming around where he's not supposed to. But, so yeah, fuck it. You know, he's already surrounded by soldiers anyway. Who the fuck cares if there's two more outside his door? Uh, meanwhile, Ryak very clearly wants to go outside for nefarious reasons. Oh, I know. He, right? he starts by obvious. being like, I was told that Tallery have... One son. I would love to see this one son. And then, like, and he's saying that, like, really scripted to his mom. And then after he, like, gets the, give, is given the clear, he's like, oh, when can I go outside? I want to see outside. And it's just, the gold are so bad at subtlety. And I it's, love it because it fits with them. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's insane. God, bad. That, like, obviously, like we said, SG-1 don't buy this. But... They never don't buy it because he's a terrible fucking actor. No. They don't buy it because it's too easy. No. Why doesn't (laughs) anyone notice that this kid is speaking so woodenly and clearly just reciting things? Why didn't anyone... Like, even... We've talked before about how Daniel clearly had to, like, learn a lot of his, like, social cues. Why the fuck didn't he notice this is someone who's, like reciting why the fuck didn't he even if because here's the thing daniel says a lot of things like especially in that vein where people immediately dismiss what he said Mm -hmm. because oh it's you're you're looking at it too much on the emotional side or blah 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 blah, or whatever why couldn't you have one bit of dialogue where daniel's like i don't know his dialogue right now sounds really scripted it sounds like he's been fed lines and then someone be like yeah well kids are Kids are strange like that. You know, something flippant like to dismiss that. But someone please acknowledge because it is so obvious that he is reciting something he's been fed. It is blatant to the point to where up until a little while later in this episode, I was like, is this kid just a bad actor? (laughs) Like, no, what it is is they're trying to make it convenient for the uh, audience to know. Unfortunately, it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to us because we wouldn't have ripped, ripped, written the script that way. I will say, <laughs> looking back at it in retrospect, Daniel does almost nothing in this episode. He does like nothing. He echoes Sam's well, opinions and everything. I'm not entirely sure how much that's her. Uh, I, I, I. It's also you know not a Daniel episode. Exactly. But he says almost nothing. This yeah, whole episode. Know, we've all noticed in, in the rhythms of shows where like some characters like will get like there there are a couple of yeah. episodes and then they'll notice that right after they get like a couple of focused episodes, all of a sudden they take a weird little like they're like barely in a couple mm-hmm. episodes. That and it has always seemed obvious to me that's um like more of like a studio note yeah. of they need to be in the background. Don't write them in as much. So I can't help but wonder if maybe some of that's because she's not like what whichever writer is writing for that particular part of the chronology of the, of the season mm-hmm. has to keep that into account. I also know they don't always put episodes in the right orders, yeah, so I don't know how that works. I don't know. I, again, one of the details we don't know enough about. But yeah, like I like I said, so I want to be fair to her here. Notice but... until, I didn't even notice until now that I'm like, oh yeah, he does like nothing in this episode. Yeah, other than not wearing glasses. <laughs> This is all actually, this is the moment where he actually starts wearing his glasses. Yeah. When they come back to SG-1 after, he wears his glasses for the rest of the episode. Yeah. But up until now, no yeah. glasses the whole time. Uh, but yeah, so 
while he was like talking about wanting to see, you know, the outside and everything, he like smiles at Dreyak. And Dreyak suddenly gets like, again, this actress does a really good job of showing like unsettlement, but yeah, then just, like, like way. holding it in and then suddenly moving away. Vague, disturbed look. Yeah. A vaguely disturbed look. Exactly. But quickly masked. Mm-hmm. And she basically tells, tells Teal'c, hey, he was training with Braytac before this and got two of his teeth knocked out. He has them again now. God, I hope those were baby teeth, because otherwise, how yeah, hard right? did they hit that kid? I, mean, I, I, mean, I would assume it was an accident, yeah. but still. I just, when she said, I was just like, that's such a weird throwaway line to grab my attention, but I couldn't help but I focused way too hard on that, going, okay, how old is that kid? Those had to be baby teeth. Okay, good. Yeah. So, like, think was, otherwise, that hit must have been yeah, so fucking on. hard. Ow. Yeah, she's like, look, he's got his teeth back again. And, you know, they're like, okay, and they, like, gesture Janet over and, you know, so they, and they're doing a pretty good job of, like, not being super obvious. Yeah, no. Oh, the first they gesture over Jack, and then Jack gestures over Janet, and they all do a pretty good job of making it just look like it's adults talking about serious things. Yep. It's not we suspect you, kid. It's just adults dealing with adult things. And, like, even when Janet disengages after they all have shared this information, she's still pretty good about being like, okay, you know, all we have to do now is take a blood test, and then we'll be good. And then the kid flips the fuck out. Yeah, I like how she, um, as soon as she's like, no, just do a breeze thing, you can literally, that, that's why, this is why I'm also on the kid's side for the acting part, mm-hmm. because you can, the kid does a great job of it, like, you just, his eyes go, like, insta-shifty, but not, like, super obvious. Yeah. He just keeps kind of doing this little sly, like, little, huh, fuck, and then goes. Yeah. He's like, wait, wait, assessing, and he, shit. he freaks <laughs> out and, um... Yeah, you know, starts to starts calling Tilka Trader again. Tilk like full on like body grabs him, like controls his head and everything. It's a great grab. Christopher Judge is a huge Yes he dude. is. He just like envelops this I child know. like one I know hand kids are small, but damn. One hand controls this kid's whole head. I know. Just like he's got him. And he holds him still and is like do it quickly, you know? And oh, Janet was, Oh man, the look on his face. Oh he's so tortured in that moment. Oof, rough. And Janet sedates him. Uh, and then the next thing we see is he's in one of their little holding cell rooms or whatever, and Dreyak is with him. He wakes up and is pissed at her, saying he hates her and everything, says she cannot stop him, and starts making really exaggerated biting motions in yeah. the air. And she's like, we took them out. And that's when he just, like, loses it. He's, and he starts doing the whole... Go party line, like, Hataka, I hate you. You're all shut up. Yeah, just repeat 8,000 times. Exactly. Uh, so we find out that the two missing teeth both had, like, two different kinds of uh, biological viruses in them or whatever that separate were fine. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything. But if they got combined, would be a, such a bad disease that it would take Two days to spread um, across North America in less than a week before it would uh, envelop the whole world, and it would kill any. It would kill anyone it was ex- they were that was exposed to it within forty eight hours, which is why he wanted to get out of the, the mountains so badly because he had a plan. Well, he didn't have a plan. The pops had a plan. Well, yeah, but he had a plan to execute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so Sam brings up deprogramming, and Jack says it's not something you want to do to kids. Okay, so it's not something you want to do, period. Yeah. Deprogramming, even in the 90s. I shouldn't even say even in the 90s. 
especially in the 90s, it was still pretty f- a fresh wound in society's eyes how bad deprogramming could mm-hmm. be. Because deprogramming is literally like teen escorting. That bullshit practice where parents pay um, strangers to take their uh, to kidnap their children in the middle of the night in a van, <sighs> take them out into the middle of a desert somewhere, and give them character by like it's what holes is kind of based on that kind of shit. Yeah, not the uh, that part was like Julie, but like the whole like yeah, yeah, yeah. digging holes and mm-hmm. shit. The point <laughs> is that deprogramming is they kidnap them and hold them, and then they do basically kind of like that test thing from um not the test thing the uh, the lights. No, that thing they do to the guy in um Clockwork Orange. Oh, the holding his eyes open? What the hell's a test called? Shit, I, don't know. I can't remember it. I love that book. I'm so mad at myself right now. Anyway, that thing where they um, hold his eyes open and they force him to watch all those mm-hmm. images. It's kind of that thing where they, they literally tell you that they're not going to let you go until you agree with mm-hmm. them. And they force you to look at shit um, proving... It's like sometimes it's like stuff about your family, but yeah. most of the time it's like proving everything that's wrong with the cult and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's supposed to be for the good of the person, but it's like, yeah, except you're literally holding a person against their will. Yeah. That's why exit counseling is the actual thing mm-hmm. you should do, which is that you let them know. You, it's, it's about communicating. Yeah. <laughs> I will say when Sam says it, she doesn't sound thrilled with it. I'm, I'm not thrilled once again with the writer here. No, yeah, no. Because the fact is, I understand this is a, a pre-Google time. Yeah. You know if who... you're gonna write about something like this... You know it still existed? You should research. be doing research, yeah. And deprogramming, it, even then was controversial for a reason because it involved the lack of consent and it involved violence mm-hmm. and it involved harm. <laughs> it's psychological manipulation. It's just a different kind of it. Oh, yeah. No, Deprogramming is thing. not acceptable as a treatment option. It really isn't. Outside of everything else wrong with this episode, one of my biggest reasons for my what-the-fuck Catherine Powers at the beginning of our recording uh, two million years ago at this point a big part of that was just how unnecessarily brutal a lot of the stuff at the end of this episode is. Like, first off, why'd you have to go and give a kid a CIA cyanide tablet teeth? Like, that that was a step already. <laughs> and then, yeah, the deprogramming stuff. And then, I'm not going to spot that before we get there, what they ultimately decide to do to solve this... Tilk says he can handle it. Jafar, tough. <laughs> so he goes in and, like, tries to talk to Rayek. And I do... My next note here is this stupid kid tries to hit Tilk with a chair. <laughs> Dude, what I love about that is that they obviously... Tilk just grabs it out of the air and sets it aside, like, really? <laughs> I like how they clearly established to the kid before that that he was... They made it very clear that he could hit him yeah. with that chair because he went for it. He didn't do a very good job with the angle, but he and it was it was a little choreographed, obviously, because he wanted he wanted to be able to catch yeah. it. Yeah. But that's pretty much it, because you can tell the actual momentum was kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like it because you can just see how ineffectual, even if he didn't go just on full force, it denies hurt. it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they established the kid, trust me, you can't hurt him. No. You're too weak. Your guy's muscle is, is bigger giant. than your head. <laughs> Yeah, so it's really great how believable that whole scene was because the kid really just got picked up like a temper tantrum way, and the yeah. dad just goes, nope. But he does try to, like, get through to Ryak, like, just by talking to him at first. They attempt counseling for, like, a day. Yeah. He he says stuff, um, he's like, if Apophis loves you, why did he ask you to destroy yourself? And Ryak is like, I wouldn't have died. And he's like, and Tilt points out, he's like, you're made of flesh and blood just like me. You would have died, too. And Ryak just refuses to accept it. And then Ryak says, you said you would come back, but you never did. Which is 
fair. <laughs> That's like the only part of that that, that I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Because a kid is like a dog. A day is like a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Teal tries to get through to Rack by talking about the good old days. And this is the moment where I was like, okay, you know what? No, it's just gold or really overdramatic bitches. This kid is a good actor. Because for a moment, when Teal is talking about the good old days, you see his face soften and he starts to have like a genuine smile towards Teal'c, and then he spits in Teal'c's face. Um, and this is the moment where Jack suggests ECT. I do like that Daniel's immediate response was, what the fuck? ECT, as I'm sure most are painfully aware, is uh, misrepresented in media, Mm -hmm. notwithstanding this episode. Obviously, we are much, we are very much past the days of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are long past the days of the barbaric practice of insulin shock therapy, which I will not include a link to. People can look it up if they want to. I honestly don't recommend it. It's just a period of, yeah, another period of history where I don't understand why people like to hurt people in this way. Anyway, um, electroconvulsive therapy is actually, uh, not, it's not very effective, it's 50% effective mm-hmm. for people who uh, are resistant to other stuff. Janet is correct. Yeah, it is not, I was about to say. It is not what you see in, in um, the cuckoo's nest thing. It is very much, um, it's two electrodes. You're, you're, you are sedated. Mm-hmm. It's um, not wakeful. As far as, as far as I'm aware, it's not the, um, um, it's, you're actually sedated. Uh-huh. Can't speak English today. <laughs> and then they put two electrodes on your head and they, you, I, oh, shit. I, these are a lot, there's a, there's a few links I'm going to put up here because I was trying to see how this would translate for the, uh, the, what they end up doing. Oh. I was trying to figure out how this would translate, right? Cause I had, so I had to, I had to freshen up on what exactly ECT was to yeah. see how the fuck they would think this would possibly be an equivalent. Spoiler alert, it isn't. Um, but I couldn't remember if it was, I think it's, I want to say it's direct current. Uh huh. Might be alternating current. Because I started looking up transcranial. It's two electrodes. I'm pretty sure it's direct current. They put it through the head. Yeah. And it's only like in six second durations. And it, it's it's literally to create seizures in the brain. There's a lot of jargon in there. But it can help temporarily. It doesn't, it doesn't last. It yeah. tends not to last. Um, t- people tend to relapse after about a year or so. But you can do it again. Yeah. But yeah, you, you get sedated. And four times a week or three or four times a week, you go in and you get shocked like a month you know you're, you're not happy afterwards no. for a little while you can have some memory loss from it you can be a little foggy from it but it is a very effective treatment for those that need it it can be a very mm-hmm. effective treatment for those that need it it's very scary on paper and i hope someday yeah. we find a better way of being able to help people absolutely in the brain part like you know star trek style being mm-hmm. able to activate the brain better without having to do this but until that time this is what we have, and yeah. while it looks terrifying, it's actually very safe at the moment, as much as we can possibly make it safe. And people are sedated. They are not mm-hmm. conscious for this. It's not a painful process. This isn't it, This isn't doctors torturing people because they're evil assholes. Yeah. And this isn't people getting committed, drugged out of their minds, and shocked for the, you know, because there's nothing else yeah. in them. This is people and their loved ones going, I am really hurting I need to burn my brain into, yeah. into learning how to not feel like this. So it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm very firmly trying to make sure that there's a foundation Absolutely. for this. So that when I say that this is... Only, the question of that, that Teal'c asks oh, yeah. is not yeah. dumb. O'Neill's response may not be dumb because not a lot of people know that but much Teal'c's, about what ECT really is. But Teal'c's answering action 
is insane. But those are the last two things that I will say that are not terrible. Because everything else, what the actual fuck? Mm -hmm. Uh So, basically, they bring it up. Uh, Janet points out, look, it's not like like your impression of ECT no. is from the media and everything. Your understation, it's very controlled, blah, blah, blah. It is very controlled. There yeah. are lots of people there to make sure you are not going to get hurt. Exactly. And, but they do worry that it might destroy his goal of larva in some way. Teal'c asks, would the electricity be com- comparable to a zap gun? And Jack says, yeah, roughly. Uh, and which Teal'c says... That won't kill him. A Jaffa can take one hit from a Zat gun, and their old larva will be fine. And my next note, before it even happens, because I just saw him start to walk, and I was typing this before it happened, and as it was happening, I'm like, wait, are they just going to shoot him with the Zat? What happened to ECT? All caps. No, so all so, caps. So, so, I think, so here's the thing. So what Janet was saying was that she wasn't sure if the ECT would kill the Goa Uld. Yeah. And as Teal'c knew, Zats had been used on Goa Uld and had not killed them. So a Zat would be in a, an electrical equivalent to ECT, but would not be harmful to the Goa Uld. And therefore, it was time to go shoot your child. Except the distribution of the electricity is not controlled! So here's the thing, I looked up transcranial because of that, to see how the fuck you would control, like, in a transcranial, because that is technically a thing, right? Yeah. It is, it, it, so here's the thing, transcranial, I thought, okay, so there's no way in hell there's anything about it being anything under the skull, right? There's no way it would be an apparatus for the whole body. No, there isn't. But the transcranial is what it sounds like, it's around the head. Yeah. It does kind of work, sometimes. <laughs> it's not as effective. That's where the that's where the line ends. That still has to be around the head. It still has to be direct, controlled, direct fucking current. He is in an infirmary. Yeah, I literally looked up. Is a zat? I actually one of the first things I looked up today was is a zat nicotel direct current? Because I wanted <laughs> to know. Because that's why I said that's why Jack's answer is so fucking stupid. Because when he says is it similar, Jack goes yes, and I go. Do you know the difference between DC and AC? Because my first question there is, I don't know, is a Zat an AC yeah, or DC why weapon? Did, my second question why is, why did Teal'c accept Jack's answer as science? Well, Jack is an astronomer. <laughs> he might, he might, he might think that all humans know like all of our tech. It, it might just be a thing. But Teal clearly doesn't know anything about biology. Why would he think it's different for humans? He's been stupid this episode. Maybe he's still being stupid. Who the fuck knows? All I uh, here's my next thing. Why didn't anyone stop Teal? That's, that's, that's why. That's why I'm saying. So Janet knows what ECT is. She and, and I'm guessing for some fucking reason Jack is a concept of. I mean, he had major depression oh, in yeah. the movie. Yeah, he he might actually know what ECT is. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, for I'll example, accept it. I will accept it. But still, so they shouldn't have let Teal do this. Should have stopped him. Yeah, because he would know. Because here's the thing. One thing that I looked up is there is technically um, a version. I, I was trying desperately to make this work. You can use you know, um, um, you don't have to use two electrodes. You can use one. It doesn't work as well, mm-hmm. and it has to do it for a much longer period and a lot, a lot more of it yeah. to get it to do the seizure part correctly. So they don't do that as much. Yeah. Sometimes they do because it can um, apparently help avoid memory loss. So that's something they can uh-huh. try sometimes. So whatever, whatever. And so like I said, so te- I'm trying to make it so that technically this could work, but it still doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's the equivalent of saying a taser can fix your brain. It is if insane. You shoot him in the chest and shock his whole body. That will. That it's my first question was well, 
you know, what kind of current it was. And that's one of the many reasons why Jack shouldn't have been responding there, unless he knows exactly what it was. And yeah. why the, how the fuck would you... Have no. you done tests on the Zats to see which kind of current no. it is? And then second, he would, if let's say he doesn't know what, what ECT is, he should definitely be stopping People, why aren't you stopping him? <sighs> yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with this episode. This moment is easily the most egregious. It's like, wh- why? Why did this happen? Why did you think this was okay? Why did they let you do this? Why, this- didn't, why didn't Brad write... And why did why why didn't Glassman write? Why didn't they go what? Like overlooking the massive violation, child's rights violation hey. there. Because again, they just let. Uh, I'm even if you throw out the argument of oh it's their parent. Like I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. We just let parents shoot their children now. I didn't know that was a law. Now I'm sorry. My bad. I'll I'll, I'll go see myself out. Uh, fuck you. No, <laughs> child endangerment laws exist. Yeah. Why the fuck? There are parents in the room. Even yeah. if you're just not... Let's say you don't understand why you protect children for some reason. There are parents mm-hmm. in the room. Why aren't there parents going, uh, before you shoot this child with an actual deadly weapon? weapon maybe we should explain this process of ECT a little more. Maybe we should do literally anything else first. I hate this. I hate this I hate so this much. fucking episode. Remember how we were getting begrudging respect for her I, here's, as a writer? You know what's it's funny so gone. is that before you got here, I was thinking about my rating for this episode of the end. Before you got here, when I was just sitting on my own notes and my own thought process from the night before when I'd watched this and yeah. take, taken my notes, yeah. I was like, well, I don't like the episode, but I don't know. Maybe it's a meh. Talking about it now, no way. Absolutely no way. There's so much that is unforgivable about this episode. So yeah, so, so, so he shoots his son. Yep. Oh yeah. So they talk to him one last time. They give him one last chance to not be programmed. You know, after a whole twenty-four hours of letting him try to not be programmed, and then he shoots his son. And then, and then, he, then he shoots his son. And then he's like unconscious because he got shot. And Dreyak starts singing an old lullaby for Ryak uh, that she pauses like halfway through, and he finishes it for her. And appears to be fine now. I'm sorry. He's suddenly fine. I know this is meant to be a moving family emotion moment, and instead all I'm saying, screaming at the thing, Eric was in a meeting, I didn't realize that until afterwards. He told me later, thankfully no one heard anything. But apparently, which is good, because I was literally just shouting at the TV. That's so funny. Sorry, at my computer. I was literally just shouting at my computer. You just shot your kid. You just shot your kid. You just shot your kid. You are. Listen, good news, good news. <laughs> They're sending his family away. <laughs> he can never shoot his kid again. Take away from her. She was in. I know. Take, t- no one who had contact with that child should be allowed no. near that child no. after this day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, many parents, so many adults failed this child oh, today. Oh, yeah. So they decide to send Teal's family through to the Land of Light. Uh, uh, Jack gives Ryak a baseball glove, and Ryak puts it on his head, and that's it. That's the end. They they walk through the gate. They're Uh, gone. I'm gonna read for them, the the peoples who, um, are not here, the same thing I read to you. Oh, yeah, by the way, at this point, I had literally just turned on Spotify and was just listening to Mr. Tambourine Man the entire time, watching the subtitles, because I was, I was out. I was, I tapped out. I was, I was. That's fair. I was out. (laughs) I can't so, blame you on that. Uh, look how nicely that 
thread wrapped up with probably no consequences. Just a bad episode. Fuck you. Fuck your lazy wrap-up. Fuck your lazy ending dialogue. And fuck you for your fucking disposable family. And then I sang Mr. Tambourine Man like four times. Oh my god. Fuck this episode. It's just so bad. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> let's wrap this up so we can go make some dinner and eat. How um, dare you. This episode robbed us of our Final Fantasy time. That's how bad it is. Uh, other than our faith in uh, in Tilk as a person, did any anybody die? Uh, I mean, aside from a uh, disposable stepfather number Froya. two. I love that trope of the, of the uh, stepfather having to die. Yeah, uh, no one on SG-1 died. Yeah, no one on SG-1 died. No one on SG-1 okay. even attempted to die. Good for them for once. Yeah, well done, guys. Yeah, everyone was very suspicious the whole time. I uh, That's the one thing I appreciated. Everyone's like, this is a trap, this is a trap, I don't buy this, I don't buy this. Okay. The only thing they were suspicious of was child endangerment. Mm-hmm. So, Joaquin Phoenix moment. Fuck this episode. Yeah. Thumbs down, thumbs, thumbs down. down, too. Down. I already put it in our, our uh, Excel sheet. I already did it. I didn't even ask you, I just went back. The episode <laughs> with the all-female Jaffa... References Dreyok in a, in a line of dialogue that serves as a better wrap up for his storyline with Dreyok than this motherfucking mm-hmm. episode. I submit a vote to the people that would make this another "We shall not name it." Episode. No, that that episode be considered the, the part two. Just oh, and one of his one of his uh, what's your son? Oh, he's off fighting somewhere. Oh, and one of his mother. Oh, she she's dead. Cool. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. Story wrapped up. That's just as much effort as this motherfucking ef- uh, and, episode and this actually episode bothered. Made us spend forty five minutes. To exactly. Have that. It's yeah. just they didn't. It's a disposable fucking episode for an ultimately disposable fucking family, mm-hmm. and I'm so tired of it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It just Our, it, it it takes away from his character. Oh, more it, than anything. It, we had just gotten a really good Teal episode. And people always think you need a kid to make you a to make you a well-rounded character. It's just it honestly call it what it is, a lazy story writing crutch. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'm glad they got rid of it because they don't honestly they don't really reference this family no. or not. Yeah. Uh-uh. They might as well not be there. So why bother even making them to begin with? You clearly established through your other writing that you don't need him to need it to make him a well-rounded character. You, you undermine yourself mm-hmm. by your other writing, and yet you still establish needed. What the fuck? Everything in life is a constant paradox. I hate this episode. Yeah, two thumbs down. No, it's not a paradox. My two thumbs down. Yeah. So are you a Jack or a Daniel? I mean, I have to say Jack just because Daniel's barely in it. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I wound up having to go with, because I'm like... But then, also, they weren't really competing for a title of, like, Dumb or Dumber. They were both being pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, um, I was already, like, leaning towards Jack because he's kind of the most vocal about this is a trap this is a trap but i think i was like yeah i'm gonna have to be a jack because of the fact that like he knew something was gonna go wrong with froyo and just stayed awake to listen to him decide to be to turn them all in i was like yeah Uh uh-huh mm-hmm so yeah, we're both jacks this episode. Like we said, Daniel did nothing this episode, so we couldn't really be Daniel. <laughs> Plus that piece in the beginning, I was like, I'm sorry. Apparently, he was a, a one of one of the fathers of my personality. So oh yeah, hey, how are you? Yeah. That's no, you know, that's why right? we're both Jack. Is for the it's from SG One. Looks around at SG One, <laughs> standing around me. Hey, Hi, how are you? <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen me, like, every time I make an ass of myself in public, especially, like, right in front of somebody, I look over and go, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just look them dead in the eye. 
Hey. <laughs> As I walk away, shuffle off screen. <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm Jack. Oh god. I'm so this ready episode to... was a fucking ride, man. Yeah, I'm so ready to go make some dinner. And... I just, I'm just so ready for not this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, next week. Yes. Uh, we'll be watching episode nine, Secrets. Oh, I one don't. with the reporter. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Dramatic husky tantrum. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, my God. I But I have only seen one episode of one TV show ever where I could actually stand the invasive reporter mm-hmm. trope. And that was in the Reimagined Battlestar Galactica. And I'm probably pretty sure it's because it was Lucy Lawless. Probably. I thought her get away with a lot. All right. Let's wrap this up. But yeah, so this episode isn't that. And I'm... I'm and I'm just, I hate, I hate, I'm so uncomfortable during these episodes. Yeah, I know. So I'm not looking forward to this. Maybe we'll make it a quick episode then. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss and Liss at It's Liss Not Mel or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or you can write something on the side of a tissue box or throw it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris, and until next time. Bye!